Yeah, mm-hmm. right. All right. All right. Uh, we're live. So we are live on Facebook and YouTube right now. So listen, welcome to another Facebook Live podcast. Uh, it's an Ooh. honor to have everybody here. Um, as you see on the screen, who who my two special guests are, and they're also friends of mine, and it's an honor to uh, to call these fine, fast racers uh, it, my friends. So yeah. Um, welcome, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, this is something special. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Because me, me and Andrew, you know, we chat quite often and uh yeah it's always jokes and fun man and that's what it's about right cutting up with your friends and talking shit like we like to do so right, on, right. yeah yeah absolutely so welcome gentlemen um we'll just, just start off uh and let's introduce yourself you can go first sandra uh age before beauty on it oh, uh, oh wow thank you, brother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my name is christian maronian i'm a uh, racer out here in the west coast uh, I've been on this podcast before, but not in as official of a capacity now. Chris, great job. I think you have an awesome little studio now. I remember the first time we did it, right? It was a little bit more, you know, well, Indi- uh, homegrown, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Now it's, now it's looking pretty polished, man. So that's awesome. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Thank you. But yeah, uh, club racer out here, typically racing the smaller classes, despite my uh, big body. And uh, yeah, so I, I've been racing the R3 for a little while, and uh, I did Moto America Junior Cup last year. Now this year I'm on a twin, uh, Yamaha FC07, and just last weekend I competed in the Moto America Twins Cup. Right on. Very nice, very nice. And and Andrew, you're on deck. Uh, well, you guys know me, I'm uh, Andrew. Uh, I also race in AFM with Chris. We have been for a few years. Um, I was racing the 400 for a couple of years, um, and then I moved back up to my ZX6 I've had for a while. And then this past round was my first Moto America Super Sport round, but obviously that that was uh, not the way we wanted things to go, but we'll talk more about that later, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, we will. Yes, we will. Uh, I actually have, have a couple comments already, and both both you know this gentleman very well, and he's a friend of mine too, Steve. Steve says, hi, boys. Oh, I see. Yeah, Steve Manville. Yeah, yeah. And uh, our our buddy from CFE, Mark Sherman. Big shout out to to all the CFE boys. He says hi from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, uh, my buddy Rick Glover actually figured this out. So when people comment, some names don't pop up. It's because you actually got to go to um, the Chris Simcoe is live um, link, and then if you if you exit out of here, everybody that's watching and comment um, does that then your name will pop up so we can everybody can can see you i, I can see it from my phone um because i'm watching it live from my phone too so yeah i it only says facebook user for me me too I, right I see the uh, comment. yeah me, it, it, me too right now it's because they're, they're on a different link if they go out and and go to the chris simcoe is live link then when they comment their their names will pop up too as well well awesome yeah yeah and 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 they they can see your comments so when you guys comment they'll be able to see what you guys are comment like chris just said you know hi steve so yeah i, I like oh, this yeah. format man it, this whole stream yard has been simply amazing um the, the future of podcasting for sure but anyway gentlemen yes i watched uh the moto america me, me and chris was talking about it a, a little bit before uh we was waiting on andrew to go live <laughs> but uh yeah uh, yeah can't, can't <laughs> You can't rush perfection. Absolutely Sorry. not. I'm not disagreeing. So yeah, uh, yeah. I watched Chris in, in the Twins Cup class, man, and what an amazing job, man. I, I said it before. So uh, tell us how your weekend went, man, for you and, and your thoughts. 
well, we were talking a little bit before we went live, and uh, I was just going to say, again, this is my second time in Moto America, this time in Twins Cup. The first time was Junior Cup. Uh, the first time for me, I remember I was super nervous, super, uh, uh, just super nervous. Andrew, we can hear you chomping. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, the second time around, I was better equipped, you know, more spares. You learn things, you you know people, you, you've already done it before, right? Nothing is as special as your first time, I'll tell you that. No. Um, so, so anyway, yeah, the second time around, I went there. Um, and again, I just wanted to qualify, get in and just have fun. You know, if last, if it's last place, it's last place. I mean, Hey man, it's pro racing. Right. Yeah. But I did a lot better than I basically thought I would. And so now my aspirations as a result of that, you know, good success for me have just elevated future aspirations. So really awesome. Uh, I, I ended up in the points. I think I beat like four or five finishers in the first race, uh, second race. Unfortunately I had a crash, you know, it is what it is. But, hey, but uh, he made the highlight reel, so it was all worth yeah, it. Yeah, I made the highlight reel. Yes, so you did. Totally I was worth like, it. Woo, look at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the bike had like no damage. I just got back on, and I was like, you know what? Unlike club racing, you can you can join back in the race, right? So, right. Uh, yeah. or at least with AFM, you know, you can't join back if you crash. So, yeah. join I, back, I finish think... it, and right on. So, so good, man. You you far exceeded your expectations going into the weekend. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, hell that's. Yeah. Dude, that, that's awesome. And, and this is another comment from Steve um, to you guys. What you guys uh, did. Steve. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, Steve is an, an awesome person. Um, yeah, Steve is so uh, genuine and kind. Yeah, it, like it, it, he is. Um, Jules just, just texted me. We are live, brother. Jump in. Get him on here. Yeah, yeah. He's Jump probably in, like at the bro. or something. Dance, dude. You know what, Jules? Jules, he can dance, man. That that, that that's one of his passions. I, I'm sure you guys seen him all on his TikTok. Yeah, he he uh he, he can dance. I can't dance. I'm I'm not a dancer. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, but you got plenty of company. Where I don't think we're either uh, amazing dancers, right? But you know, it's I it's, mean, it's, I mean, I had some of my time in the the discotheques, but. Uh, I'd rather not watch. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you on that. Yeah, so Andrew, man, how did um, uh, how did how did your weekend go? Sorry, I was actually re reading this message from Jules, so I'm, I'm gonna send him an invite. Well, so, sometimes racing is pain, I guess. <laughs> it is. It very much um, is. Yeah. So, um, it, it was it's pretty rough. I missed practice and qualifying. Um, I never even really got to ride my own bike which was a big letdown. Um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We should have just gone to that backup bike right away, but I really didn't want to ride that other bike if I could avoid it. Um, but basically what happened was we did our last AFM round only, I think, like, it was at most, like, a couple weeks before the Motor America round. And then um, that day at AFM, like, I was already starting to get kind of lower trap speeds than normal. And then in the last race, yeah, the motor just kind of started to let go. And it wasn't sounding good. And, like, Mike Canfield had come over to me. A couple other people told me. <laughs> I called it. Yeah, your bike or, doesn't sound good. He said, Jules is at the gym, I bet. I was like. <laughs> Dude, looking swole. Oh, yeah. Oh, my, oh, my God. And he fat, gelatinous ass. Oh Amen, God. brother. I know that's what's right. good, guys. How y'all doing? 
Good, man. man. Good. We're just chatting it up about their uh, weekend in, in, in Moto America. Right, right. Uh, we'll continue on. I'm going to listen. I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> that perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. So, a- Andrew, your, your first yeah. bike, uh, it, what happened to the motor? Did, did something happen with that? Right. So, um, so I knew it was definitely not a good sign when Mike Canfield comes over to say my bike doesn't sound good. I was kind of like, Oh, (laughs) that's not good. Um, so the following week, um, after I was done working because sadly with, you know, a lot of racers, we, unless you have a rich family or you're just so high at the top level where you're actually getting paid, a lot of us have day, day jobs, right? Um, so I was teaching some writing classes this week. Um, and then, um, that Saturday took the bike to my friend, Johnny, um, and we started to take it apart and then (laughs) it just, it was all bad. Uh, Like all the the spark plugs, one was super loose. The others were crazy over torqued. Um, and that's, that's another discussion for another day, but, but we could tell that, um, I wasn't gonna be able to make the race. There's like really no no way we're gonna be able to like fully repair whatever had happened with the motor in like one week's time. Um, so I was kind of looking for some backup options. And um, another guy in AFM, the race to six hundred class, but he was getting out of it. He offered to let me borrow his motor. Um, the only kind of problem was with his motor setup. I needed to run his electronics and his tune. And I mean, I spend a lot of time, like, you know, five hours each day, Monday, Tuesday, driving back and forth to Gilroy to like get the motor swap done and the electronic swap and swap his dash on and blah, 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 his airbox, all that stuff. And uh, the bike seemed like it was running. Um, so, so we, uh, we took it. But then once I got out on track, um, the bike just, it, it would accelerate and then it would just kind of like lose power. It didn't have anything on the top end. We tried changing a lot of things. We thought it was a fuel pump, changed to a different fuel pump, tried changing some of the electronics and like the bike sounded way better, it was running way better. But then in qualifying again, we got out there and, you know, heartbreak, it just, it just wasn't making power. So I was just a rolling roadblock out there with like a broken bike. So we just, just parked it after one lap. And then got to the backup bike, and um, that was a lot better. But that bike was a lot more stock than the, than the way my bike set up. And uh, I was pretty like happy with myself that on like a f- fresh track surface, cold morning, bike I'd never ridden before, suspension way too soft for me, no quick shifter, stock throttle, just like all this, all this uh, stuff I'm not like used to. I was still able to get pretty fast uh, times in and. You know, if we had like another like 10 minutes, maybe a little bit better setup and I was able to get more comfortable with the bike, I think we could have actually put some like decently fast times in. But, you know, 20 minutes just wasn't enough for me to like just relearn everything and uh, and ride that bike. Um, and then uh, couldn't even make the race anyways, because uh, there's a rule in the book, apparently, that if you don't put times in practice, uh, except for Superbike, then you're not even supposed to start. Um, so, and, and Moto America that weekend was acting pretty strict. They were really strict with the fines for speeding. They were really strict with the cutoff. So they just weren't like really feeling like bending the rules that week, I guess. Which, which, 
ultimately turned out fine you know after seeing like my buddy sahar and a couple other people in the class i know they really struggled with that extended 38 lap race and the pit stop and you know you got guys like yeah. three four eight laps down and a bunch of crashes and mechanical failures and so after just seeing all of that i i you know at first i was pretty sad but then i kind of felt okay <laughs> that i didn't do that race um and you know there's always other rounds and like i i think chris might have already told you that we're we're going to go to texas and do the circuit of the americas round so that that'll be a, as you would say it would be mega absolutely I, yeah <laughs> that is mega too for sure man so yes it sounds like he had a tough weekend and you know let's just say uh, that that bike did run with, with the motor swap and his electronics and all that so now it's a completely different bike right even it's your, your, your chassis and all that it's it, it still make it completely feel different right and, well and, and, so the chassis is the same like they're both cx6s but the suspension and like the geometry is different yeah like, that's what I'm saying. even small yeah yeah, yeah even smaller yeah. things like different steering damper different so, throttle and you're chasing the whole setup the whole weekend and instead of you know your setup on your bike right so well not already... well not even the whole weekend just in the oh, yeah right I, yeah uh i think i came into the hot pit twice once after like I did like a few laps just to kind of like sight and like kind of sighting laps, figure out the track for a few laps, came in, they tried to like stiffen it up and I don't know, whatever magic JP8 suspension does. And also big shout out to Catalyst Reaction, uh, like Nikki Williams and her husband were there. Big uh, shout out to Nikki. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They were out yeah. there. Like they definitely didn't have They're to, awesome. you know, I don't pay them. They have like no obligation to help me, but right. they, they can't, but they, you know, they really, I think care about, you know, helping their AFM racers and they were out at the hot pit trying to do whatever they could. So, which really is awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that just shows everybody, uh, uh, the love of our sport and how everybody helps each other out. Right. Especially when they're in a, a, a bond, man. Um, that's right. Mega, as I say, yeah. right. It's, it's awesome. Especially when you have people that do that. And, and then th this comment right here is from Steve. He, so you guys need to send him an autograph, but not on a blank check, just an autograph. I wouldn't do the check. Well, for me, it would probably bounce. So. Right. Uh, I mean, sure, I'll sell whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, right. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and this comment right here is from uh, my man Mark Sherman for, from CFB to Jules. I pick things up and put them down because he's been at the gym. <laughs> oh, hey, that's Diane. awesome. Who, who's Diane? Uh, Tibro, man. Um, she's a, a, a queen. Shepherd, Diane Shepherd. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Andrew, the attitude takes a lot of bike troubles. Yeah, it's yeah. Andrew's Andrew's a mature rider for sure. Um, well, let's uh, let's not go too far. There. <laughs> so, 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 listen, fellas, uh, you guys obviously tell me how you two met. Like, like, where did y'all's friendship start and all that good stuff? <laughs> Uh, I, I'll let Chris tell that story. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, well, first we just met through the internet. We used to be part of this Facebook group called uh, Bay, Bay Area Writers Group. Right. Uh, and you know, we used to just kind of like troll around in there. And I was I was pretty new to riding at the time. I had maybe only been riding motorcycles for about six months. I was just riding around on the street. Uh, and I kind of wanted to maybe get into track days, so I was just trying to kind of starting to get into it. I think and, I was uh, only novice on the two fifty then. Yes. But when we first met in person, that was his first time. Uh, that was his first year as an expert. 
So wow. a couple months after we met on the internet, uh, I went to my first track day, which was a February track day. I remember this. It was late February by Fun Track Days. Uh, they had like a really early season opener kind of a deal. And uh, I went there and uh, yeah, I met him and I was like, oh, hey, you know, you're the guy from the internet. And uh, <laughs> we just started talking and uh, yeah, you know, here we are. I mean, how many years ago was that, man? That was 2018. That was February 2018 was when we met in person. So we're over five years now. It's been oh, a right. wild ride, I'll tell you. That's hey man, that, that's awesome. And obviously, you guys race each other many times on the track, right? That's yeah. Cute. yeah. The, uh, when's the anniversary? Uh, the anniversary passed. So in about maybe six months, we'll have another one. Yeah. If you would like to donate a complete six six R motor for uh, the anniversary, yeah, my, my address. <laughs> yeah, maybe one I've... of those like registries. Yeah, right. I actually I actually just sold uh, my ZX6R. Uh, well, it's been probably about two months ago. Um, so, otherwise, I would donate the motor to you, but I don't have it anymore. <laughs> I, I don't have it. So, yeah, I sold it to buy RC51. Oh, wow. Sick. Yeah, w which has been one of my dream bikes. You know, everybody uh, has their own. I have many, right? Let's just be honest, just like you guys do. But uh, the RC has always been one of my favorite bikes just a heritage behind it hrc had the whole hand and actually build net motorcycle it's the only time in history honda's come out and ditched their v4 and built a purpose v twin just to beat you know another manufacturer of their own game which they did successfully Suka eight out i mean the list goes on for the small history that bike actually raced they've actually did isle of man tt joey dunlop's last tt race i mean it was on the rc 51 so oh, well, yeah, it's, yeah it's yeah so it's it's got a lot of heritage behind that yeah, bike and actually when you take off the side fairings fellas it the cases are stamped hrc oh it's oh, wow. I'll, I'll send you to a pick yeah it's 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 a beautiful thing it really is i love so, yeah twins, I, I, I love I, I, twins. I, i've seen a couple of them yeah yeah twin spikes are fun to ride um they're fun I mean, when they're no, fast. They're not fun that, when they're slow. No, but I, I love a twin, man. Twins, <laughs> oh, twins are a yeah. lot of fun to well, ride. You know. Um, well, I guess if it's like I, a road glide, road glide or something, not so exciting. Well, those I are mean, like hogs. It depends <laughs> if you're racing in the bagger class, right? I'm sure them things right there haul ass. Oh well, yeah. I mean, money answers all things, right? Nothing a hundred twenty grand bagger can do. <laughs> well, I mean, that's yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that's the name of our sport too, right? It's just so expensive to. uh to do Dude, this yeah, actually i'd probably sell my left nut for an rc8 <laughs> yeah i mean dude yeah rc8 would be sick to have for sure but during the class in moto america you can race an rc8 can you nope no nobody races an rc8 i, I don't even know if it's, it's eligible like, to be honest with you it's like a, it's like a bike um, of its own man like there's, there's nothing like it the ktm no it's not yeah it's not it's nothing really like not. it fully customizable everything yeah. I don't think it's homologated because it's more than a thousand cc's, right? No, it's it, it's a it's seven hundred ninety nine cc's. The so new RC eight. Oh, the RC eight no. C. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That yeah. One. What am I thinking I, of? I seen one in person. They uh, made another RC in Texas. No, they, they did. Yes, Chris, you're very right. Yes, oh. they, they did. Um, which man, I, you know, I, I I wish KTM would make another, uh, you know, crotch rider street bike because uh, that RCA was a good bike, man. <laughs> Y'all like that? Yeah, I, I, I thought it. I yeah. thought it looked. I thought it looked cool. Uh, I saw a couple in the street when they came out, and then just no one. I don't know. I guess they weren't selling. 
I know it didn't have traction control, so probably everyone just died when they wrote them. <laughs> <laughs> nice, right? <laughs> I mean, he said. I mean, uh, that's that's all I can think of. If you've got like a 180, 200 horsepower bike with no traction control and the way most people ride, not, not going to be good. Right, right. Yeah, no, no, it's not. That's this funny. is from Rick Hintz. Well, what's happening, Rick? Oh my God, crazy Rick. Yeah, you know, Rick's cool, man. Big shout out to him. He does. Uh, he he takes photographers. If everybody that, that that's watching and listening don't know, um, he's out of Florida. And he goes to the track a lot. And, and yeah, Rick, Rick's, Rick's been trying to antagonize me this week. So. Oh, has he? Good job, know. Rick. Good job. <laughs> and, and, and he hadn't succeeded, has he? Uh, he I'll give him like a ten percent effectiveness. Oh, but, uh, Rick. Yeah, he's he's pretty mild compared to most. Um, you I mean, it's hard. Up. It's hard. It's hard to it's hard to take him seriously with the caps lock. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't that's, know. That's how awesome. how how old is Rick? Uh, I don't think I've known anyone under the age of ninety that's got the caps. I'm dead. <laughs> I, I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure how old he is, but that that's hilarious. Uh, good times, good times. So, uh, gentlemen, with when's is y'all's uh, next race? You guys making the next Moto America round or not? Brainerd, um, as cool as that would be. Um, we were we were thinking Circuit of the Americas just because that's such like a high level legit track. Um, I I've never been there in real life. Um, and I've only heard good things about it. I've been to the area. I've been to Texas, but never to the track. Actually, I don't even think the track existed when I went to uh, last time I was there. I was probably like a kid. So, and uh, do you know when uh, that track even was built? It was like I think it was twenty thirteen. Yeah, I was going to say it was yeah. um, relatively recently. Yeah. So, Chris, have you ever been there? No, dude, I've never uh I don't think I've ever gone to any track outside of the state of California. I mean, we have a lot of tracks here, right? So you can get yeah, your yeah, fill. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, I went to the Mexico track. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I haven't ridden that one. He rode it. Same thing with Coda. Like when we go to Coda, there's a good chance I'll just go to hang out. Uh, I just got a new race van, so nice. we're probably gonna, yeah, yeah. It's all like graphic out and everything, but that's awesome. You have to see the idea is that, that. We, like we do a road a road trip. Oh, yeah, I sure, think that would be year. awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So I've been to Circuits of America a bunch of times for the MotoGP race. I, I've never ridden it, but I do have friends that that ride it, and uh, yeah, it's magical, of course, right? And listen, it, it's just like Laguna. You don't realize the viewers watching on TV don't realize how steep. You know, the corkscrew is all the way down to 11. Same thing for turn one at Coda. I mean, when you're standing there in a pit and you're looking up, it's like, boom, up. You're like, holy. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, uh, when, when, yeah, when I, yeah. Worked, when I worked, uh, turn two for MotoGP, seeing, seeing the little hairpin on a turn one and coming straight down, like, like a perfect curve to turn two, I was like, man. If there was snow in this place, it would be the like, greatest thing to like do a snowboard or like something like that. Cause that thing was steep and then Peckle washed out at the end of that turn on my zone. It was kind of scary, man. I bet. Yeah, I bet. It, it, especially yeah, right. standing on, on, on the other side of the fence where, where where you are, Jules, right? You you have the, the best seat in the house because he goes, if people don't know, which I'm sure a lot of people do, Jules actually marshals uh at a lot of these races, so um, without people like him doing that, you know, uh, our, our friends right here on, on the screen with us, Steve, I mean, Steve, 
uh, I was reading his comment. Chris and Andrew uh, wouldn't be able to do what they do, right? So, right. yeah, congratulations and big so shout out to Jules. To, to, to Jules for real. The um, race is awesome. I love yeah, doing I, that. I haven't, re- I haven't really heard much about that track. Uh, I guess that's like Pittsburgh Race Complex or something like that. I heard that's another really good uh, venue. I've never been to that one either myself. Um, I'm actually going to New Jersey at the end of the year, me and Jules, for the Meadow. Uh, uh, hopefully you two uh, fellows will be there. I'm actually going to be uh, walking around doing some videos, but I, I'm, I'm going to be, my plan is helping uh, Batty out in, in, in the junior cup. So um, oh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to be able to work with him. We're, we're uh, gonna, on his team. Me and Chris are going to uh, be a uh, wrench horse. Like we're just going to offer our services to everybody. <laughs> so yeah, it's well, going to be a lot I'm, of fun. Do you need a wrench? that's awesome that's Um, awesome we're gonna sell ourselves to these men amen free labor labor. but yeah so so uh texas what is your goals chris um going to texas now that your your last round i mean you did good man all your expectations you far exceeded them you know you had the most fun which is the most important thing because if you went there and you didn't have fun you wouldn't want to go back right um so you know it's funny it's funny you mentioned that because i i straight up was not having a good time like especially thursday friday i mean yeah you could ask chris like Probably yeah, he was he was fuming uh, entering the weekend because it was it was catastrophe. It was entered in catastrophe. It was like yeah. building the motorcycle like as you're there. Like that's that's a fucking Horrible. nightmare, dude. You, yeah, I don't know if I can nightmare. cuss on this thing, but it's a nightmare. Yeah, you can. I had a lot of nightmare too this year, but thank God I had months to resolve that for my FCO seven. You know, it's not easy racing, dude. It's like it costs a shit ton of your money. I don't make any money with this, right? I just spend money. Um, but I do it because it's fun, right? I do it because I get to rush and I get to like put my skills to use and I get, it motivates me. Like I'm home right now. I'm feeling great. Like, oh, look, I've got my Moto America shirt on. Like I go to the gym, dude. I feel so good. I've got my blender bottle now. Like I'm, I'm feeling awesome from doing it. So for me, it's like a drug, right? And I love it. I love meeting people. Chris, yeah. thank you for having me on the podcast. I love all this shit, but goddamn, it's a financial and technical nightmare to pull it off. And like, for example, earlier this year and Andrew in some way, you know, is kind of like affected, but I, uh, I dealt with an engine builder for my FCO seven. Uh, yeah, which, I mean, I, I don't want to get in, you know, super into that, uh, in terms of like naming anyone or whatever yet, nope. but, uh, I had a <laughs> yeah. freaking nightmare, yeah. dude. I had to spend an extra five grand after, uh, basically I took it to an engine builder multiple times. And every time I got the bike, it keeps blowing up. Like, I'm not stupid. Like, I know what gas to put on my bike. I know how to warm up my bike and I know how to ride my bike. Like, I'm not, it, it shouldn't, if it's more difficult than that, then like you need to have a PhD to do this sport. So clearly not, right? right. So just, I had nonstop problems and, uh, you know, I got through it. And my first two rounds of racing this year was a nightmare. Unfortunately for Andrew, it happened so close to, to Moto America. I mean, that's like such a big bummer for him. Uh, I felt bad, you know, seeing him have to go through that. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, me too. This so th- this comment right here is uh, uh, that's my right. son. Rossi says hi. So Rossi says hi to you two, uh, gentlemen. Oh, right uh, on. Uh, like hi, I said, Rossi. they're they're at the pool. So yeah, and, and they're obviously watching. So big shout out to my wife and my boy. I miss you guys. Hi, Rossi. Hi, Rossi. 
I thought my boys enjoy. All right. Hey man, Jules, it was an honor to have you on buddy. Um, it, um, and, and listen, so uh, the first time I met Jules was in Texas or earlier th this year is the first time we met each other in real life. Right. Um, but man, what an honor our friendship's been since we got together and he invited me on this podcast. And uh, it's been it's, it's been a true honor, Chris and, and Andrew. Um, and look, look where it's gotten us. Right. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Big shout out to him. Steve says, hi, Rossi. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, fellas. So, Andrew, uh, going to Texas, um, obviously, you're going to have your bike ready, I hope in tip-top shape and uh right um yeah so I'm, I'm waiting right now because yeah we definitely i mean if there's any I, I definitely learned a lot of lessons this week and uh actually we didn't even finish uh, my last thought but i was gonna say that uh the saturday sunday ended up still being fun because um we got to do the whole like fan walk thing in the in the hot pit and um you know i had like all these like random like uh, and outside of that just like in the garages you know random people coming up to like meet me or take photos and like little kids and stuff wanted to sit on the bike or like autograph their hat like that's like pretty pretty cutesy stuff you know that you know you, you get like the real like pro racer experience so you know that's pretty cool to see all the fans and you know just people loving the sport so even though the situation kind of sucked it there's still like positives you can take away um so yeah i, I mean absolutely yeah. you know in in all those kids that wanted a picture with you and you gave the autographs man guess what they're a huge fan and they'll never forget that andrew they won't never forget that to be like my man's andrew Where, where's andrew gower at i, I need to go see him so uh, yeah that's crazy yeah i, I kind of remember that when i was a little kid i went to nascar probably like seven or eight times with my uh with my dad when i was like you know 10 11 12 years old and uh, I, I remember a couple of those moments, like meeting drivers and stuff. That was so cool. Because when you're, you know, when you're like 12 year old little boy, like cars and motorcycles are like the coolest thing, you know, ever, right? They still so are. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess they still are. <laughs> we, now we just have more money. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, back then it was our parents spending the money, but now it's us spending the money. And, and you're right. You know, Chris hit on a, a very good, valid point, too. You know, a lot of people don't realize how much does sport actually cost and what it does? And most of these riders don't get paid. So when they see Chris and Andrew out there in the pits, walking around with their leathers on with all these sponsors and all that to help them out, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're, they're doing it for the love of the sport and uh, not getting paid from it, you know, and it takes a lot of commitment and uh, a lot of money and a lot of frustration as Chris uh, hinted on earlier. It's uh, but you know, that's part of our sport and, uh, we still love it. We still enjoy it and promote it and talk about it. And it's, it's a wonderful thing, you know, and to get, you know, little kids involved at your early age at the races and, and they, they see another young kid riding it just, you know, Hey daddy, I want a bike, you know, I want to go to the track. I want to, I want to do this. And who knows who, who they might turn into, you know, but because of people like you, Andrew and Chris that got your autograph in their picture, you know, um, it's that's amazing. It is. And I'm sure I'm sure listen, Andrew, I'm sure that feeling, man, what was that feeling like? And Chris, you're next. What was that feeling like for you when, when that happens yeah. to you? Right. What's it like? Um, it, it's crazy. I felt very, uh, kind of like humbled actually. Um, just cause I'm thinking like, you know, like I'm so, I'm so happy. These little kids love the bike and whatever. And I'm thinking, well, I'm just some guy riding a motorcycle. Like, 
why do you guys even care but it was like really uh it was like really like heartwarming um i don't know it's kind of a unique feeling um something about like just like how innocent kids are is like really special feeling absolutely chris yeah tell me about your experiences with it how, how, how does that make you feel when you, when you see a kid approach you and that that smile and you feel that energy and that love i mean it, i know it. no matter what bad moments you have with the track that right there alone is worth it you know thank god for me again the weekend went overall extremely well so it was just icing on the cake uh last year i did not participate in the uh the fan walk because we were pitted in like Zimbabwe, right? So it would have been like such just a nightmare for us and we were tired and everything. But yeah, man, I did it and I realized something like sometimes you get really like the closer you get to the sport, the more you know about it, the well, especially if you're the rider, right? Like in my mind, I'm like, oh man, I'm breaking so early here. Oh man, oh man, you know, I'm doing a bad job here. I'm doing a bad job there, right? And oh, okay, my bike, my this, my tire pressure, what's my this? Something that they tell you when you go to Moto America is they tell you, uh, this is not just a race weekend, this is a show, right? So that's very different. Club racing, yeah, you go to race and blow yourself up and beat your competitors. But <laughs> but uh, yeah. Moto America, you go to race and blow yourself up and beat your competitors, but you're also putting on a show and you need to like uh, have, you know, kind of uh, good PR with, with the fans. So yeah, I'm just sitting there you know our, our crew we, we had an awesome crew last weekend they brought out our bikes we were sitting there we were like in our little like uh motion pro chairs and just like random people came up and i'm like oh if only they know the crazy like doubts and worries that i have in my head but they don't they're just like oh my god cool racer guy and sometimes it's good <laughs> to take a step back from it and just realize that that's what the general populace you know the 95 the billions of people in the world not in the u.s in the u.s it seems like not as many people care, but like go to Thailand, go to Indonesia, those guys, motorcycle is their life. It's their form of transportation. So they really love the two wheeled sports. Yeah. South America too. South America. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's amazing, man. And like I said, I couldn't imagine the feeling. Um, well, I, I, I do a little bit when I went to Kota, I actually had, some shirts that I had sold for Pin to Gas, they were people were actually wearing them, you know, and, and being like, Oh my god, it's dude from Pin to Gas, you know, and, and can I get a picture? And it was just I was so humble, man. I, I didn't know what to say. All I was gonna do was grin and be like, absolutely, right? And just and, and have a conversation with them. And and and, and by doing what, what you guys are doing, man, you're building a bond in a relationship. And like I said, dude, those kids will never forget that ever. Um, the next time that they come, man, they'll 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 Get, get your picture and a poster and I'll hang it up on our wall and yeah, all that good stuff. So yeah, it's, that's great, man. I'm excited for you to go to Texas. Uh, I wish I could make it and be there uh, to cheer you boys on. Oh, um, unfortunately I can't, I'm, I'm going to Codwell park in August for the British Superbike race. So, Oh, Yes, I know. Sick. I can't wait, bro. I, and listen, wow. it's all because of the podcast. I, we had Dave Neal on, which is, uh, he was a press officer for own G rich energy, Yamaha BSB team with Bradley Ray and Kyle Rod. And we had him on the podcast. And man, we just, we've been really good mates. We call each other, text each other. He actually come to Coda this year. And we got to meet and exchange t shirts. And uh, yeah, he invited me, man. And so, yeah, because of the podcast, dude, it's happening, right? So I just, it's, it's a true honor. It, it, it's just like, it's a true honor to sit here with you two boys. Um, it really thanks, is. Uh, thanks. Uh, for sure. Yeah, um, no, the honors are. We're just some dudes. 
that, it, but to me, you're more just, just some dudes, man. You guys are fast motorcycle racers that that you know put your lives on the line and spend every last cent you have, you know, regardless full time job, paying all your other bills. I, I get it, man. I've been there, so I know it's it's. Listen, I look up to you guys, every single one of you guys, and uh, yeah, it's an honor. It's my honor, and I appreciate it. I really do. So yeah, for sure. So listen, That's you guys' sweet. future, man. Um, Texas above Texas. Uh, what, what you guys plans for, for the rest of the year? Any more Moto America rounds or just AFM? Um, wow. If we did Barber, that would be that would be next level. I just I don't know if we'll be able to do that. Um, I mean, ideally, we were just millionaires, right? <laughs> right. We all um, are, right? We all uh, are. Uh, um, but. You know, normally we'd be racing probably in like a, a week in the AFM and then again in August. But uh, I think for like two years at least now, maybe even three, I, I'd have to go back and look at the schedule. But they haven't been doing a July um, AFM round for like a couple of years just because like I think the turnouts were not that great with the heat. Uh, Californians, you know, we're just like so spoiled with the weather. If it's not uh, between 75 and 85 degrees, no one's going to ride. Um, and that was like already kind of starting the downward trend for like the last couple of years, I, I feel. Maybe even like 2020. Because I know we raced, I know I've raced in July before. It's just, it might have been a few years. Um, but there's also no August round, which is kind of concerning to me. Um, so we're we're almost like not really in my opinion having a full season like i feel like it should be like seven rounds at least maybe eight rounds and right. i think we really only have five they're counting it as six because the last round is going to be a double header um so we're racing saturday and sunday which afm has not done since i don't know they probably haven't done that since i was like in elementary school or something right <laughs> um so, so that's pretty interesting but uh but but yeah we're, we we almost just other than me gonna be busy like fixing my bike and i think uh when i come down to take the the bike to kawasaki um we'll probably like go ride at the car track or do some like a f1 simulator or something to uh, practice but yeah we don't have any races to do really unless we you know went across the country but but uh which is uh, expensive not, yeah so it's not like really uh not like really a great sign for American road racing, sadly, especially like such a, you know, ancient, well, sorry, I shouldn't say ancient, but like, you know, long history prestigious club like AFM. It kind of worries me that they're not really running a full calendar. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is discouraging, uh, discouraging. Um, hopefully, uh, they'll get it together. Did you guys ever ride with, with Dustin Cornier, my boy at track days? Track, yeah, track this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, uh, I know Dustin decently well. I've seen him at the track probably fifty times by now. Um, I've uh, we we raced with CRA, which he's no longer a part of, to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we did do some races with CRA. That was actually my first time riding at Laguna Seca, I think, or at least definitely first time racing there. Um, but uh, but yeah, I haven't even really been doing a lot of track dates. I mean, shout out to Carter's at the track. But uh, I, I feel like this past year, I've maybe done like one track day, maybe. And it was on an R6 that uh, my buddy just had an extra seat and this like friend didn't show up. So I, I just drove down to ride with him. You know, what's funny is actually I, I could be at the track right now 
Um, and this sounds crazy that I turned down a like free track day and a free bike to ride, but it just didn't make sense to me to drive four hours down to Button, Button Willow to ride. And it's 115 degrees today in Button Willow. That yeah. just sounds like torture. <laughs> well, um, hey, it's an honor for you to be here. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, that too. Absolutely. Plus, we have the podcast, which is, in yeah. my opinion, more, more important than a track day. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, so, but, Chris, uh, you're, you're next. Oh, I, go, no, go, okay. go ahead, Andrew, and finish. Oh, I was just going to say, part of part of the issues with like the AFM scheduling and CRA and track days, I was going to say, part of why I didn't ride any track days earlier in the year is that a lot of the track day companies and like AFM have been just getting their dates taken away from them or struggling to get dates because of the Laguna Seca construction that because the track was closed for many months, uh, all these other organizations and like really, you know, powerful groups like Porsche Ferrari with a lot of money, they basically just like bulldozered over uh, the schedule at some of the other tracks like Button Willow and, uh, and Thunder Hill. And they have way more money. So so some of these smaller groups, like the motorcycle track day groups, are just getting their dates taken away. That way, you know, a car track day group or like Ferrari or whatever can have their private test day. So that's, I think, part of the issue. So hopefully that will resolve for next year. We'll see. I hope so. Yeah, I do. So, Chris, take it away. Uh, what was the prompt again? Uh, what uh, <laughs> what we're doing later this year? No, yeah, like, I mean, like after Texas, like like what, what's uh, your racing plans? Any more Moto America rounds? AFM? Well, you're well assuming we're assuming we're still alive and haven't right like, exactly crashed in the yeah and haven't game, blown but... ourselves up. Um, well, for me personally, and I think I mean really for both of us, the idea is to for, at least for the next few years, right, continuously do the Laguna event at least, right? It's our local Moto America event. Um, but in terms of this year, yeah, it's pretty much just, uh, you know, AFM and CRA, they claim that they have some button willow round uh, coming up in September, October. So if that's the case, cool. I live close to that. I'd love to go race. Go-kart track is awesome. I think now we're kind of, you know, just give it a few short months and we're in the off season. I'm not really too big of a fan of Chuckwalla. I don't really like, really like the track. So I, I, I guess I wouldn't go to CVMA. I've done CVMA before. And I mean, it's fine, but yeah, CBA, I don't know. I just CBA don't like the track. Was, yeah, the track is not amazing. It's, it's a kind of a more basic swoopy type of track, but I, I had a good experience racing there. Really, it's just like a logistical problem because both like kind of, I think mentally, physically, financially, we, we kind of need that off season, just like most racing sports to have an off season for a reason, you know, right. you got to so like save up the racing, pennies yeah right nice. raising racing the whole year and then now we're gonna go race the whole winter at another org that that's just like too much for us and and i, I chris hasn't gotten it i've tried to get chris into it and he's he's gotten his uh his his uh dirt legs going but um i've been riding way more motocross in the off season too and it is way cheaper that's that's definitely part of it and that's good training too, right? So, how how else do you do both both you guys train besides motocross, like oh, valets or CRF one fifty Rs? I have my R three that I take to the go kart track, uh, and by take to the go kart track like once a year. So I, I need to start doing that more <laughs> often. Like my old Junior Cup bike, I like that's the plan, right? Is leave right. my van fully loaded in my driveway and just go, right? Hop like, and go, hop and go every weekend. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I want to start doing now. 
not that I have to look, you know, thank God, I, I'm blessed with the ability to do that. Um, that, uh, you know, even car stuff is good too. I mean, even though it's like not a motorcycle, it doesn't matter. Uh, Ken Hill, who I really like the way that he teaches. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ken Hill is like anything with wheels and brakes is all you need to, to learn. So like, yeah, sometimes I like going and like I do, you know, esports like sim, uh, although I haven't been doing it lately, but, uh, there's this place down here in LA where they hook you up with like the full on sim. I actually, I just did it yesterday at Laguna in an AMG GT3 car. So I was nice. like, cool. And I, I mean, thank God I went faster because yeah, right? I, I didn't just go pro race that to like go slower in the sim. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, pretty much it for practice. Just for me, a lot of car track. I know the dirt stuff is very good. I don't have a dirt bike, but I have done the Brian Bartlow uh, Pro Camp twice. Nice. Uh, well, really more like one and a half times, but uh, that was awesome. I did that earlier this year. That was sick. Uh, and now I have like a completely different understanding for like how the bikes work. And I can I can see where to start applying some of those uh, techniques and that mindset into road racing. So that was awesome. I, I love that. That's that's awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. I've never taken it. I, I I grew up riding dirt bikes. I didn't never race them. It was just for fun, you know. Me and my boys jump on out in the woods. Blah 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 blah. Um, I've been riding motorcycle. I got my motorcycle when I turned sixteen. Um, I got my motorcycle license. I bought a brand new ZX6R in nineteen ninety six. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I rode it in the rain. Yeah, it didn't matter. Cold, wow. twenty degrees outside. I'm bundled up. I'm I'm doing it right. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm living the life, man, because it's a lifestyle. Motorcycles is a lifestyle, very you know, so, right? Chris, uh, I I still have a '99 KX125 that I would just got running again. You nice. probably remember those. You probably remember those bikes pretty well. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yes, I do. Um, I, I'm I'm a bit older than, than you two. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm listen. I'm 46 years old. Um, so yeah, I've, I've uh, watched a lot of road racing and bike progressions from carburetors to fuel injections to fucking spaceships what we got right now i mean let's just be honest right yeah i mean it is chris you get on a bike now you got like you're looking at it, you're like dude this is more complex than my laptop right <laughs> and you got all these buttons and switches and rev limiters i mean just pit limiters and all this stuff and you're like uh yeah oh speaking like of pit limiter Freaking, uh, I got a speeding ticket at Moto America. Did you? I was like, dude. Yeah, I in in Junior Cup. Anyway, total aside, but that just reminded me of it. Uh, oh, uh, in Junior Cup last year, they said no warnings, okay? But I got a warning because I sped. And I was like, okay. So I got a warning. And then this year, I guess they freaking remembered because, yeah, uh, number 420 uh, speeding. And then, like, dude, within, like, 30 minutes, I got a fucking email. And it's like, oh. Pay your fine, go on MS Reg and pay. And I'm like, God damn it, dude. dude. So as you might imagine, I didn't speed after that. I kept that, the speed down. Facts, dude. They, they, dude, they're worse than the IRS, man. They're like, dude, you just did it 30 minutes. I need my money. That's crazy. They're faster yeah. than the IRS. Yeah. That's they're what like, I'm okay, saying. do you want to compete with us again? Pay. Yeah. And I'm like, what? You want to go back yeah, on no, track? Brutal. Pay your fine. Yeah. yeah. Motor America has a very good memory. You, you would think, but they know they they have your name, your number, they know exactly who you are. And they know where you live, and they'll come for you. Yeah, they do know where you live. Yeah, yeah actually, Back. they they do know. They where really you live. <laughs> They do. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So yeah, so uh, Chris, how did you get into motorcycles in the first place? Like with your dad, your uncle, brother? Sure. Uh, you know, like like most people do. Uh, I'd say a combination of like, uh, you know, th- desire to experience something new, right? So like. 
you know how it's like the midlife crisis dads they'll go and they'll get their yellow corvette with the top down right so um it was like kind of like something like that right so i was back in college uh my dad used to ride bikes uh my, my dad's a total daredevil by the way uh he's a pilot he loves bikes he loves fast cars and he actually has type certifications to fly fighter jets. He can unironically fly. I have videos of my dad uh, doing aerobatics. He's like all about that stuff. So um, I always had that kind of in the back of my mind. And I was interested in like cars and car track days and modifying cars and stuff. Um, and then um, I was kind of just getting bored. I was like in college and I was, I was getting bored. And I was like, I need something like a sport that's kind of like exhilarating. Something that kind of gets me out of the house a little bit. And... Uh, that's when I said, screw it. Let me go get my first bike. So I went down to Gilroy Motorcycle Center uh, here in California uh, near Santa Cruz, which is where I used to live because I went to university there. Um, and I got my first bike, Ninja 300. And less than a year later, I did my first track day. And then a couple of years later, uh, racing and then pro racing. And here you are, dude. That's that's an awesome story, man. Journey. It's it's you started late. It reminds me of Troy Bayless, right? So so nowadays, man, all the kids start out at you know three and four years old. You know, oh, yeah. back back in my day when it snowed 10 feet and I had to walk to the school bus. No, uh back at uh you know, back then, you know, you had people like Troy Bayless that didn't start professional race until he was like 21 years old, and that's totally unheard of right now, right? Um, it's it's you got to most everybody, like I said, it's they're they're these little mini me's, <laughs> right? Yeah. With basically onesie leather suits on, and uh, yeah, go out there and make it happen, which is which is awesome. Um, you see them at the cart track. You see you see their dads taking them to the cart track. They're young. They're tiny. They can like barely walk, and they're riding yeah, around. And yeah, they're like, they're, yeah, they're like eight years old, and their dad's like screaming at them. Yeah, you see them yeah. all the time. I, I, I'm sure you do, right? But that man, you know, I couldn't imagine being a kid and uh, having my dad scream at me when I'm trying to concentrate and just learn because that's what I'm doing. I'm learning. I don't well, know, right? Well, I uh, I have many little league baseball memories, so uh, I'm, I, I'm of that. sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but you know, but it, it also makes it difficult on on a kid to to want to go back because he's not having fun. Because if I go with my dad, I was going to do is scream at me, right? So. I'd rather go with somebody else. Or Wait, we're supposed to be having fun? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're supposed to. This is fun? Oh, oh this is not fun. So I don't know. That Sometimes was, it doesn't feel fun. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it really isn't. But, yeah, so, but you kind of need the low to, like, really get the high. It's, it's Yeah, it sounds like you're a drug addict talking. But, it does, <laughs> right? It does. Just one more. Yeah, just one more. But So, Andrew, how did you get into motorcycles? Well, um, my dad did ride motorcycles, which is probably a big, um, a big thing most like racers would say. But uh, so even from a really young age, um, when I was like three, four, five, six years old, and I, I started riding bicycles super young, like right when I turned three, I was already riding bicycle, and uh, I was really into like the bicycle sports, like BMX and and like a little bit of skateboarding that was like really popular you know, in like the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, and I really wanted a motorcycle, but my, uh, family definitely didn't have a lot of money back then. My dad was like a chief in the Navy nuclear electrician. So, and you know, really wasn't a lot of money in the nineties. Um, so we didn't like really have the budget for me to have a, a motorcycle or, or anything. I, I did get to ride one for a little bit. I barely remember when I was like five, six, but I guess, my mom was like really opposed to like the danger of motorcycle riding. So, so didn't have the bike. Um, 
But I mean, I even remember playing like this old Sega Genesis video game when I was like, you know, 10, 11 years old. Um, that was like a motorcycle racing game and like stuff like that just like really made me just want to ride. And I really liked motorsports. Um, NASCAR was the big one in the South when I was a kid, like South Carolina, Virginia. Um, so it was mostly NASCAR I saw, but I did remember watching on the Speed Channel. If you remember the Speed Channel, Speed Vision, uh, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Speed Channel was big, um, and they had they had like F one and actually not even so much F one, more IndyCar. But I remember IndyCar, especially like Mario Andretti, um, and seeing like AMA Superbike racing. Um, although as a little kid, I like didn't really understand what it was. I just saw, wow, this is some cool, really fast motorcycles. You know, I, I want one. Um, but then, um, so I pretty much decided to put like any desire to ride on pause for a while. I was 18 right out of high school, like two months after high school, I, I uh, went to boot camp from the Navy. Um, so I got a little bit of street riding experience. Um, but it wasn't really until I got out to the Navy Reserve when I could really like start doing some track days when I was like probably about like 22, I'd say. I think I was 22 when I did my first track day. Um, and once once I did that, I was hooked. I was like, I think within like my third track day, I was up to the A group on uh, my ZX6R that I actually have now. I bought a, I bought a brand new. Um, and uh but then quickly i realized like what am i doing <laughs> like why did i just buy a 600 i barely have any street experience um and uh steve mandeville was my neighbor like 12 minutes down the street in hayward and i met him on like the barrier for him and at first i was thinking like who is this wacky old guy that looks like gandalf facts <laughs> uh, dude yes but, he does that's awesome but I went to his I went to his place and I saw like the trophies on the wall and um, all his motorcycle stuff and he's had this ZX14 for like twenty years and um, he like really opened my eyes to um, kind of like just the way the way I should go in certain things in, in riding and uh, he showed me this listing for a Ninja 250. This guy was retiring from racing, I guess. And uh, he had the, the bike, the stands, the warmers, transponder. It was like everything you needed, like novice racer starter kit for twenty for twenty six hundred dollars. Nice. Uh, so I just went, bought it. Um, I bought this garbage, horribly cheap generator that was super loud. Um, <laughs> and uh, everybody and loves I, those. And uh, and I just went and and uh, kind of went in blind AFM. I I really didn't know anyone. I, I had met Jason Hans, J Pate Suspension, my first track day. So I had a little bit of uh, help from Jason um, and Greg Spears um, from Spears Racing was also uh, let let me uh, pit with him for like my first couple rounds. Um, so I wasn't just like completely alone. And uh, just from there, just like I I kind of really got into it. I got the um, I I tried I tried racing the six hundred again, but that was just too much of a jump from the two fifty. And then I uh, got the 400, raced that. I thought, wow, we're doing like pretty well. Like, let's do Moto America. I, I think it was actually Chris's idea. Because he's like, you know, like the max age is like 28. And I think I was 26 at the time. So I was like, because we, we thought it was like 24 or something. So I thought right. I was too old for Junior Cup. But but no, FIM, Moto 3 rules is uh, 28. So signed up for Junior Cup. Did that a couple times. That went way better than this year. 
like <laughs> yeah that went way better I, I i think i had like a 12th and 13th place finish last year and that was a shock because we really i mean we were expecting to be like back at like complete dead last or like really close to the back so finishing 12th was like a really big confidence boost and you know realizing that wow like we can actually do this you know it's possible uh against these guys with freaking semi trucks and you know five million dollar budgets right um and and now now here we are uh, hey, struggling yeah, struggling are. in the struggling in the super sport <laughs> living the dream right yeah living the dream man but but you know what there's millions of people right now are however many people that do they would give anything to be in both your guys' shoes to just be able to do what you guys do right um it's easy no, to watch you, somebody you, do it on tv versus actually learning how learning to properly ride a motorcycle not get on a motorcycle learn how to shift gears or go through a corner but properly learn how to ride a motorcycle right there's it's fu- it's it's, so. it's funny how you, yeah you can see it on tv and think like uh that's that's easy i can do that i even think that when i watch like a supercross you see the guy hit like a pretty big triple and when i say pretty big a giant triple but on tv you know like it looks big but it's not like the same perspective you get seeing it in real life so yeah you see him hit like a big triple and i'm thinking I could do that on a 450, right? Just the just motor does it. all the work. Yeah, yeah the, motor the motor does, does all it all the work. for you. All of it. So, yeah. All yeah, I do is right, and then all I got to do is pin the gas, and then I worry about it. Yeah, right. Then, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and then I get on my 250 at our local one of our local tracks, and I'm thinking, wow, these uh, doubles are pretty big, and they're like not even close to the size of the pro track jump. So, it's uh, I guess that's just a testament to how good they are. I f- I feel like a really top athlete they make the sport look easy because it's just like effortless it, absolutely just like you know what I, I like soccer it's one of the sports that i watch besides motorcycle racing and uh, football yeah football <laughs> exactly football the real football not not not, not the american pigskin because we got it all messed up right that, that's yeah, not football yeah. and you I, you watch like you know neymar jr just who whoever man play with the ball mbappe and you're like dude i can go out here and do this and you're like god dude <laughs> Absolutely, they make it look so easy. You're like, dude, how, how are they doing this? There's no way. Yeah, dude, even when they come out of retirement, it's like, oh, I haven't even kicked the ball in 20 years. Ah, here we go, and yeah. like they just <laughs> do some amazing shit. And you're like, well, right. yeah, yeah. That's I like it's like that's like Josh Hayes in Supersport. I, I I knew he was older, but um, or sorry, older than like us, but I didn't know he was 48, and he's yeah. And he is just like flying on that bike in the super sport class. I, Look at Jeremy McWilliams. He's he's getting ready to turn 60. And he's <laughs> racing still, you know, baggers yeah. in, in the Chris Chris and I have talked about this. Uh, when you're Irish, it doesn't count. Those guys are just like right. made of, they're legends. They're, they're made of lead or iron or something. Like absolutely so, legends. Yeah, I've met a lot of those guys since I started doing the road racing. Um because um, we, we met a couple Irish British guys that were competitors there and I, I started getting a few more like Irish British um, kind of like racing fans on my pages because of doing the the TT and uh, yeah you just see them and <laughs> they're all like you know 40 50 six years old and on their CBR 1000 RR just wheeling around like no problem <laughs> Yeah, right. It, this this comment right here is from Brandon Turner. Can, can, can you guys see that comment too? Who actually did it? Oh yeah, that yeah, one. I can. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see Brandon. I can see Jason Doss. Uh, yeah, I can see chat, but I don't know if it's 
I don't know if my chats are working or not. Um, that's because, they, like I said earlier, they actually joined through the, the to the Chris Simcoe's live link, and 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 that's what it'll do. Their their names will actually pop up with it too. So yeah, uh, this question let's see, let's see, is to eventually. Yeah, I mean, you know, so on average, how um how many track days do, do, do you guys usually do a year? I know, I know it's something you, you kind of touched on earlier, Andrew. It's, well, well it being specifically this year. This year, well, I guess it depends on what you count as a track day because I've definitely done multiple days racing and practicing, um, and I've done a bunch of days of motocross. Like, I've probably ridden motocross, like, more than 20 times this year i would think maybe 25 times 30 times like it, during the off season i try to go about once a week lately I, now that i've been trying to be like more serious about riding getting the seat time in but i remember before i was racing and i was starting to kind of become like a track day junkie i had a pretty good tech job working at twitter as an analyst and like always had weekends off so i think i was trying to ride like every month and like do a track day uh, or at least like every other month. Nice, Chris. Um, you know, for the past like couple of years since I've started racing, just racing has been my my track. Time. The goal, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it's just I wasn't taking it as seriously as like. Again, it's it's once you start having this, like when I first got into the sport, I was like, oh yeah, B group. That's it. I'm so happy at B group. Oh, A group. I'd love to go to A group. That would be amazing. And oh, now I'm man. like, ah, what? You're comparing me to a club racer? No, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm just <laughs> kidding, right? But because there's some extremely talented, amazing, fast club racers. But absolutely. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, now that I'm getting into it more, well, yeah. I mean, car track for me is going to be big. Car track for me is going to be huge. Um, I did do a lot of practice back when I was first kind of starting to quote unquote get good. I would go to the car track on a weekly basis. Um, that was what helped it, kickstart it, me into racing. It's a lot more accessible. Um, not to cut Chris off, but one thing that's been happening with just like doing the track day is um, one, other than like the cost of entry to tracks in general are getting really high, you know, it's pretty easy to pay like 220 for a day, 200 for a day, um, which I think to a lot of people is. is pretty good amount of money right like some people don't even make 200 dollars in one day um so that's one aspect and then also just like brakes tires especially tires just everything is going so fast now and like as i'm starting to get to that kind of like next level and pace and um it's just you know between the gas driving there a set of tires my the track entrance the hotel, oh, yeah. the food. Well, yeah, we don't even do hotels. Like, okay, no hotel we're sleeping anymore. in the truck. Yeah, sleeping in the truck. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have done hotels before, but and if, if the weather is any sort of acceptable, I, I'm just sleeping in the van at this point because I don't know about where you're at, but even the most cheap garbage motels in California are usually like 70, 80 a night nowadays. Maybe yeah. if you're lucky, like 50, 60. Dude, for Laguna... For Laguna last year, oh our hotel God. bill, and 
Yeah, yeah. Our hotel bill, and you know, I, I think we didn't even have a room for like even everybody. Our hotel no. bill for three nights in the ghetto Salinas Motel Six, where it was like we were getting stabbed every time we walked up and, and down the and stairs. And they stole our clothes. They stole our uh, crew members' clothes. Yeah, they no joke stole out of one of the rooms, and like it, and, like AC didn't work in any like just total garbage, right? They wanted like a hundred and forty dollars a night. If you're around the the Laguna area, you get screwed. You get a shithole with piss on the floor for 150 dollars a night. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, at, yeah, Plus for like tax. Thunder Hill, it's like 70, 80 bucks. For Button Willow, it's not that bad, 50, 60 bucks. But sleeping at the track, not only do you save money, you get to sleep in more. Like I get better sleep. Yeah, I just wake I up. Okay, I'm here. I could just go turn on my tire warmers or do whatever it is I need to do. So I'm all about right. the van life now since I've recently converted. Yeah, That's Chris awesome. has converted. <laughs> it's taking a while. That's, I bet it, it, it's great though, you know, because now you know he's got a he's got a big advantage, you know, because he's got his own van, his own sub. Just like he said, we just, we touched on it earlier. I wake up, I go in my van, turn the key on, and boom, I go straight to the track, go to sleep, set up, blah 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 blah. Right, you're already there. The, the, the taller the, the taller fan's amazing. So I guess we're trying to we're trying to keep that whole like 90s 2000s like privateer in the white van like showing up at the track with some bikes in the back because honestly looking around at motor america there's i mean there's other guys that are just like driving their van and stuff but not many not many like everyone's got money it's it's tough especially for like just like younger single guys um and yeah especially like you know i like I, I didn't live with my dad. Like he, even if their parents are giving them money, like just you know, a lot of these people, if they are younger, they live at home. Like they're doing something to like save money. And for some of us, you know, we're we're just we're just like working a lot to make it happen. So we're trying yeah. to, I guess, just just uh, I don't know, be those privateer guys, like do the best we can. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Working for corporate America sucks, right? It really does. <laughs> it's, it's uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, let me ask you to this. Uh, the sponsors you guys do have, uh, how do you, how do you go about uh, get, getting your sponsorship to help you out with tires and leather suits and helmets? And meaning, I meant to ask uh, Chris too. I want to hear here how that new shark helmet went because that's a sweet, beautiful helmet. Oh yeah, um, the Darth yeah. Vader helmet. Oh yeah. dude, dude, I got that thing on an amazing deal from FC Moto. Have you have you guys familiar with FC Moto? The, no. Uh, uh, it's a web. It's a it's a German website, but they have an American, you know, English translated version. Right. And they were doing closeout on that model because that's not ECE 2206, it's 05. Yes. And, uh, you know, so they're phasing that one out. They're basically re-releasing the same helmet, just like, I don't know, they just did the certification. Right. But it's it's an awesome helmet, beautiful helmet. Comes in a beautiful, nice bag. I scored it for like 600-some bucks. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Idea. And I, yeah. I look cooler in it, too, so... I yeah. was like, that was the main reason why I got it. It looks sick. <laughs> it, it, it's sick. Yeah, that's a sick helmet, man. I mean, Lorenzo wore that helmet before he retired. Scott Redding wears that helmet now. There's actually a lot of people uh, that actually wear that helmet. Yeah, it's it's a it's a beautiful piece of kit for sure. Maybe it made me go faster. I don't know. It, it has like a spoiler on the back. I know. Yeah, I know. Same thing is is uh, this this one right here. This is that Ralph one. Oh heck yeah. The F the oh yeah. It's pretty much just one. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah. the diffuser on the back is what they call it. No, sick. So yeah, yeah, man, yeah. So so listen, uh, do you plan on staying in in the Twins Cup class, Chris, or do you do you plan on actually eventually going to a six hundred? The the cost of it, I'm sure, is a lot more. Right? No, but, you you no? know what's funny? Supersport is is uh, probably a little 
I mean, you might use a few more tires, but dude, the bike I ride, it rips up tires like a 600. It makes 95 horsepower. Like, it's not a joke. It makes 50 pound foot of torque. Um, no, dude, yeah. the twins class, Moto America has their classes backwards. This is just my opinion. Like, like why should the twins class, which is the second lowest class in the club, right? Or in the organization. Right. It's like a builder's class. And you need to spend all these high compression pistons, this, that, and the other head work. Dude, why can't I just get on a bike that's reasonably stock and go ride? So no, it was a nightmare. I've spent on my bike this year, I've spent over like fifteen thousand dollars on my bike just modding it not including I'm the just, price of the bike you know all, all the classes are like almost becoming builders classes now yeah. other than junior cup and i guess stock 1000 which i'm yeah. a little less familiar with but then yeah because now 1000 <laughs> they just changed the rules for the r6 and the 600 class to have head work now right yeah yeah Moto well America. more more well they could do some sort of head work before but now it's like a full port polish yeah like so full the cost of that goes up it's and i always said this right. chris is right and i've said this many times before in a podcast man but moto america is missing out on and to help our sport grow is a we need a bone stock class no exhaust bone stock exhaust the only thing you can change is your rear sets your clip-ons your front brake your brake lines of course you know what i'm saying and, and, and your suspension leave it bone stock bone stock it'd be you a know I, entry I, level I, bike that you I heard get about into those classes I, I heard about those classes you know in, in times past in club racing but it seems it, it just it seems like in the last 20 years yeah. yeah it's gone more and more uh towards like open rule books so. yeah which which obviously as we all know all too well it's guys with the with the mucho dinero um yeah has a better bike right but that don't mean that, that they're faster th than you guys that don't right on the more stock bike um but yeah chris i mean you're right that, that's something we really need in our class uh, is a, a whatever it is right let's just take the new ninja 400 rr that just come out right uh which i don't know that wouldn't be a very good class because everybody's on the same bike right you kind of want to have like a honda and a yamaha in there too as well there would need to be like i don't think like stock exhaust would be like something possible because that's and that's so minimal and so cheap to change yeah, yeah like that's nothing true. and there's like no risk with changing that no, it's like not. oh i put the wrong you know connecting rod on my bike oh well it, it shot out and now right. my bike's exploded like stuff like exhaust is so minor it's and really gas and even is minor it's a motor and uh, the electronics that like really yeah, yeah or for for super sport the quick change stuff because there's only two extended races in the whole calendar. So even if you're a full season rider, you're spending like three, like 3500 four grand to get those like quick change axle setups for the pit stops. expensive. Yes. Right, right, exactly. Yes. So, so basically it's like if you're a privateer and like you're, you're screwed. screwed. That's yeah. a big extra cost that, you know, nobody can really, really afford. Yeah, I mean, right. I couldn't do it. I'd be like, "Nah, you know what? I'll just change it myself." If I'm in a tit, you know, pits for ten minutes, whatever, so be it. Is that is that Steve? <laughs> when I raced to fifty yes. superbike, all I the that is bikes were completely is, illegal sorry. for the class. Well, if you ain't cheating, my... you ain't trying. Facts, so. right? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But yeah, oh, so, I, so you're right. That, I remember. Uh, oh, I was gonna say I remember Junior Cup last year, in like practice or qualifying, we had like four or five people get disqualified for being like. It's some sort of uh, weight vi weight violation or other like rule violation. They right. were just disqualifying like half the grid for cheating. <laughs> Going around, you're disqualified and you're disqualified. Yeah. And you're cool and you're out. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, it's something we badly, we really badly need. But whatever the bike is, or whatever, you know, just very, very minimal, and don't change the rules. Keep it as simple as it can be to be most affordable. You know, for for people just making it into the sport, right? And trying. You two are a perfect example. You know, Moto America also needs to find a, a a better. I don't know how you really solve this issue. I'm, I'm sure there's a way, but the the cost to go to these East Coast tracks, right? Which obviously there's not a lot of people uh that are racing the afm out there now that you know c can afford to do that um well yeah that's like a complex thing because it, one, is. It, it, it almost feels like they're kind of favoring the east coast riders because of how they took away west coast rounds for some of the classes like junior cup stock 1000 yeah. but also we just have a lot less races on the west coast than there used to be and it's for like both like financial political other reasons but um we used to have Utah at Miller, um, yep. and which is still not super close. Um, like for Chris and me, I think it's both. It's probably somewhere between like eleven to like fourteen hours driving, realistically, maybe like ten hours if you didn't stop and went eighty miles an hour the whole way. Um, but even more close, we had uh, Sonoma, Sears Point, and uh, Willow Springs used to be an AMA race, mm -hmm. probably a little bit longer ago, but. But so we used to have all these different rounds like just here because i mean california is a really big state uh just geographically and like you look at the size like if you were going all the way north to south like that's bigger than a lot of countries in europe <laughs> right facts. california facts. so um so we we just we just don't have a lot of rounds to ride out here uh, without going to the more towards the midwest or the east coast so. Yeah, and and that's unfortunate, man. It really is. Um, I, one thing I did meant to, meant to uh, say earlier uh, is, is my dad was a fighter pilot in the Navy, so I grew up in the oh. military too as well. Nice. Uh, I flew off the aircraft just like Top Gun. Um, <laughs> it, it's it, that's why I got my need for speed because I used to go riding with him. He used to put me on his gas tank, and we'd be you know going around and be this little kid, you know, blah blah blah. But uh, um, how what did you guys think of the repave uh, at at Laguna Seca? Um, Wow, <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. I thought it was fine. I thought it was uh, amazing. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of like some some people complained, right? But it was uh, like well, in the beginning, it was like, oh my god, the surface. But it's like, no, 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 the surface is okay. Like maybe if you're doing lap record pace, but guess what? They did do lap record pace. Yeah, they so, did. Like, like so. So another thing that really sucked that I missed was Thursday, there was a 50 minute open session for super sport that I didn't get to ride. So I really had just like no seat time compared to everyone else in the class. But, um, but they did a 50 minute session for super bike and super sport each um, to just help lay down some rubber and make the track green. But it seemed like by the middle of the day Friday, it seemed like traction was plenty like for all the racers. Um, I would say that if you were off the racing line, you know, it was pretty slippery. There was that one rider in, uh, I think it may be Zaragoza in Supersport. He got off the race line and something happened, but he just like high-sided randomly, almost straight up and down just because he kind of got to the edge of the track right. and, and without having like cars there and just more races and more track days, there's not a lot of rubber, but that's just... That's just because it's green, and and now that we've had the whole race weekend there, I, I think the track has plenty of grip. It was so smooth. It was 
for me, it was it, it almost felt like something was wrong at first because when you were dragging me on that surface, it was so fresh, so smooth that it just felt like it was like on glass with those uh, Woodcraft clicky pucks. They're already very smooth. And it just, yeah, it felt insane. Um, it really felt like kind of like, yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's just got to be how those world level European tracks feel. We're just like, everything's so smooth um, and, and just like so quality. Well, I'll, I'll ask my mate, uh, Luke Power. He races in World Super Sport. Um, big shout out to him today. I, I, I meant to say earlier because he scored his first World Super Sport point today oh, at wow, Amolia, wow. which big congratulations, Luke Power. Dude, take a wow. bow, mate. Yeah, that's absolutely. Cool. Mega job for sure. So, yeah, I'll, I'll hit him up and, and, and ask him uh, what the difference and, is because he's in there doing it. There will so. still be some guy, uh, some street rider with a leader bike that says he's slow. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, exactly, right? That, that's just it. Oh, I, I can do that. My bike makes 225 horsepower, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, whatever, right? Uh, yeah. I have a yeah. question for Chris. Okay, go ahead. Fire away. So we were talking about, like, the cost to build the motors. Even a Super Sport is very expensive, but definitely Twins Cup, if you were going to have, like, a top-level motor, it's going to cost so much money. Um I wonder how Chris thinks the weekend would have went if he still had like his stock motor, original motor. Um, well, the original motor made about like 65, 70 horsepower. Uh, the built motor made about 95 horsepower. Uh, how the weekend would have went, I maybe would have been like a second or two slower. I probably still wouldn't have been last place. Uh, you know, the new motor definitely helps a lot, but you know, 30 horsepower yeah, is a yeah. lot. That is a lot. That is a lot. Uh, but torque didn't increase that much. So, like, I don't know. I guess you could ride it, like, lower in the RPM range. I don't really know. But uh, the bike definitely feels faster. But I've ridden before at Laguna on that bike with a horrible setup. And I still did a pretty decent time. Um, like, for example, the timing qualifying that I did was four seconds off of the stock motor. Uh, so pretty good, I mean, yeah. right? And 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 yeah. not all four seconds is the power. I can promise you that because no, yeah, yeah. we made some big suspension changes that made the bike amazing. So maybe only three seconds of it was the power. Um, so yeah, and also you have to build it because the new RS six sixty stock, stock you just stock emissions compliant. It's eighty eight wheel horsepower. It's yeah, on cycle world. Go on cycle world. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a huge difference, right? Yeah. So have engine, you ever ridden one of those? My engine explodey. No. no. He said my engine explodey. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah with, that... so with the pipe and the tune, it's like as faster, faster than Chris's basically built. Like... Yeah, that's yeah. But uh, uh, are they fragile? The, 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 those Aprilias, like, do do they last all season on on a on a stock motor? I wonder if they do. From what I've seen, they are not that reliable. Um, yeah. Maybe it's getting better now that COVID's kind of gone away for the last few years. But um, I know for a while they were really struggling to even get like replacement OEM parts for those bikes. And, What's Italy uh, for you? Yeah, so you no got to deal with like the you got to deal with the Italy stuff with like supply chain issues, but I, I'm sure that's gotten better by now. Um, Mamma mia! Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if you work with some of these European companies, especially the Italian companies, they just it can be that way. Um, I remember I was a service writer at a dealer for a few months, and just I just wanted to see what it would be like. Um, uh, that GV company that makes a lot of top cases and side mm -hmm. cases for bikes. 
I remember one time we were going out of stock on their, their uh, stuff. And I guess like the whole company was just like on holiday for like a month or something. So it was like, they're like, oh, we'll make all the replacement parts when we get back in a few weeks. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah, but, yeah. Right, right. What, what right. kind of customer service is that? Like, we're just going to stop production and yeah, we'll highlight you in a month and a half. Uh, okay. Well, that, well, that's that's Italian for you. It, it is for real. It really is. It, yeah, right, yeah right. it really is. So listen, I, I've never been there. Well, I've been there in 05 uh, when MotoGP come back for the first year since 92 at Laguna, which was amazing. Um, first time meeting Ross and get my helmet signed, all that good stuff, yada, yada, yada. But dude, as a fan of the sport and you guys being racers and me a fan of you guys too as well, man, what what's the feeling like coming down the corkscrew, right? Me standing there always watching it, whether it was on TV or actually being there. I couldn't imagine is is it like a roller coaster when it drops like that stomach feeling or what's it like? It's a little bit like that. I wouldn't say it's like that huge stomach drop feeling. Like if you go on a giant roller coaster and you have a huge drop, it's not that bad. At least not for me. I, I won't speak for Chris, but for me, like it is a little bit of like that that G force like weight transfer feeling. Um so you do feel like a noticeable drop down. And it's kind of a good feeling if you get the line right, your speed's right, and the bike is turning well, it just kind of like flicks down to the right. And it's also not so much a feature of the, the turn itself, but the fact of like the corkscrew having a huge amount of the fans just standing there at the fence line watching right. you. It's like almost a weird pressure as you're coming down mid-corner because you can like see everyone staring at you in your peripheral vision. So you're like, well, I better not like crash right now. <laughs> I'm like, well, I hope I look fast. Right, right. right, yeah, right, right. I hope I look right, fast. Right. So what's the feeling like for you, Chris, when you do it? Uh, I mean, you know, we got to walk the track uh, on Thursday and I had never walked it before, despite the fact that I had raced there before. Uh, it looks crazier when you're watching, when you're actually riding uh you know the first couple times you go around it yeah it's a little bit kind of like oh my god because what track has that feature right but when you're actually doing it at least for me it's a pretty straightforward turn uh you know i mean obviously i'm not the fastest guy in the world but for me it's it's one of the turns i'm pretty strong in i i always seem to get a good line through there and uh it's it's always a nice safe corner for me uh but it is it is pretty interesting yeah i mean i gotta say it's yeah you're we actually have a really good picture. Go on Andrew's Facebook. Look at his cover photo. Yeah, yeah. We have a great picture. I will. I will for sure. I, I, so on this app too, I, I need to learn how to do it. I can actually post videos and pictures uh, up on here while we stream. I just hadn't actually sat down and, and played with it enough to uh, learn how to do it, But which is another cool feature, right? Um, so l listen, I'm, I'm going to ask you two gentlemen th th this one question um, at, at the at your season so far right now, what is your biggest takeaway from your season right now? Um, uh, Be richer. <laughs> I like it. Be richer. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have Be a successful business owner. Um, no, I mean, for the whole season – so my first answer of what I, I would want to say, like, you just have to be really prepared, especially like, pro, I mean, even for club racing, if you're like a serious club racer at the expert level, it's already like semi-pro at that point, especially, I, I won't speak for every club, but an AFN, if you're racing any of the main classes, like 600 or 1000 GP class, 
the top five to like 15 people in that class are already doing pro writing pace, depending on who shows up. So it's already like that serious. And then if you really want to do the show, like actual AMA Motor America and with the cameras and all of like little kids and fans and stuff, like you have to be like to like the third power, like more prepared, more just ready with everything, which sadly part of that is just like having money or at least like some way to get support. Um, but if we talked about really the whole season, I would say it's it's really like a commitment a commitment thing, like mentally, physically. I mean, even you could probably argue to some point, like your social life and everything. Like if you really want to be like such like a top level pro rider, you're probably not going to be like just like partying and drinking all the time like every weekend at the club or whatever i mean i know in like the 80s and 90s like that was kind of the thing but it really became more of like an athlete sport i think in the last 20 years um and uh so like you gotta commit your personal life obviously financially is a big commitment um and like just taking the time to like train both like like in the gym whatever you want to do bicycling hiking like there's a lot of ways to get exercise in um and then riding the bike and there's just like so much you can do you know track days I, for me motocross has been big for multiple reasons like the fitness and the cross training you know you can ride your super moto you can ride your mini motorbike you can ride flat track like there's so many ways people train but like you got to do something consistently and uh, i think yeah that's it it's just like this sport takes a lot of commitment if you, you really want to do it Nice. Chris, what's your biggest takeaway moment of the year right now for you as your season went? Uh, same thing, primarily being uh, prepared. Uh, prepared mentally, prepared physically. Again, as Andrew just said, really making your entire year needs to be focused around motorcycle racing one way or another, right? Whether it's you're actually training on the bike or you're training and also doing physical you know, exercise. So like, for example, me, I'm in the worst shape of my life right now. Like, imagine how good I could do if I was ripped. What if I was right. super ripped and I went to the car track every day or every week, at least once a week on my R3? Right. Dude, I would do amazing. So, like, now as I'm kind of maturing into this and as I'm, like, enjoying it more, right, the more success you have, the more you enjoy it, Right. at least for me. Um, now I'm like, dude, like, I don't want to be a slob. Like, I don't want to just play video games on the weekend. I know it's annoying to get in my van and drive two hours each way to the car track, but I got to do it, right? It's annoying to wake up at five in the morning to go to the gym, but I got to yeah. do it because yeah. it'll pay off later. And that's something that I'm kind of starting to get in my head now. And I'm taking it more seriously now or else, I mean, I wouldn't be on this podcast. Yeah, facts, right? So listen, playing video games, I'm a big gamer too. So what do you play, Chris? Uh, no, I mean, Andrew and I have been kind of playing similar games because we have Xbox Game Pass. I play on the PC. Um, uh, right now we're playing this game called Outer Worlds, which is made by the developers of Fallout. So it's like an open world RPG game. Uh, that one's a pretty great game, but we do do some like racing stuff too. Like each of us has like little like sim setup and uh, it, you know, it... Uh, it's it's good training actually, even just on the basic sims that you can get for a couple hundred bucks. Dude, I, I have no idea who who, who this is. Oh, uh, well, yeah, we're just getting, we're getting we're getting heckled by Danny. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. She's, uh, 
He's a little bitter, I think. <laughs> it's okay. It, everybody knows somebody that as that, bitter, right? So yeah, it's, I, I got I got a PS5, um, and I got uh my my buddy Andrew, I mean um Avery and uh, Jillian that they want me to play uh, Ride Four with them. So I actually got an Xbox S for free the other day. I actually well, need to plug. Yeah, I need to plug it up so yeah, I can get, get on there, there and and, and yeah. we'll play Ride Four, right? Um. But Rod 4 is not cross platform, so I don't think. Oh, I'll oh, borrow my sister's not. Xbox. It's okay. It's yeah, yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd, that'd be a lot of fun. I, Did we get all get us in there together? That'd be. A mega I don't know time. if I have Ride 4. I think I have Ride 3. I stopped. I stopped getting. Um, I remember the last Mundo GP game I think we played was like 19 or 20. One of those. Right. Um, but I don't know. They they just didn't seem like that good of games. But I've heard pretty good things about Ride Four. Yeah, Ride Four is um, mega. Yeah, apparently and, it, it's pretty good. And they're getting ready to come out with Ride Five. <laughs> Hank Miller. That's so funny. Yeah, Hank. Um, yeah, Hank's awesome. Twin says, "Oh yeah, he just uh, sent me a message. He says he wants to he wants to uh, mess around. I, he says he wants to mess around basically, but he'll behave. But no, nah, Hank, come on, let's uh." Let's let loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we would. Hey, man, we like talking trash. There ain't nothing wrong with twins it. Is, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, <laughs> we we can definitely roll with the punches. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely. part of. Um, I mean, that's part of doing this. You have to put yourself out there. Um, both. I mean, there's guys that definitely are like very quiet in the paddock. They're not very outgoing. A lot of times, they have less sponsorship because of that too, or like they're just self-funded completely, so they don't care. But um, but a big part of like getting sponsored, doing the pro racing, is like you have to put yourself out there and like have some sort of following because that's that's the reality of like what marketers and advertisers you know want to see nowadays. Um, they want to see like those really big numbers in your your metrics and analytics, um, almost more than like. Your performance it's crazy like, Andrew, and a lot right. of sports yeah. are like that a lot of sports yeah. are like that like for example um a super popular uh athlete and not to say that she's not talented or anything but like uh Haley deegan you know she's definitely you know she's not like the number one cup driver i think i think she does like the truck series or the arca series or yeah, something like something that, like that yeah. but but she has a crazy following because you know she's a pretty girl you know her family and and she makes good content you know she's she knows how to work social media and so she's got all these crazy brand deals that some other drivers you know that might even be like faster more proficient drivers they don't get those type of deals because they don't have the eyeballs and at the end of the day it's you know, getting people to see the product and then buy it and then make money for the company. So that's now, like what it comes down to, right? It's capitalism. <laughs> it, it is. And Hank Miller j just made a good point, man. It's like the social media today within road racing or any sport at all is is huge, right? Uh, Josh Aaron's probably the best one doing it in Moto America right now is Josh, right? Um, yeah, I think it, combined social, Josh is yeah. probably probably number one. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with, with obviously we we all know about that fine, right? He turned it around for to help out the air fence and, and all that, which is which is great. But that just goes to show how powerful right. social media right has yeah, a role to play in it, right? Right. I I've talked to Josh a couple times. I I definitely wouldn't say I like know him that well personally, but but he is he's if he's anything, he's smart at marketing. He knows how to like put a positive spin on something like really negative like that, and like 
do a greater good, you know, even if I, I don't know, like what his personality truly is, but, but he's, he's smart at doing that. And he's smart at appealing to a wider audience. Yes. And uh, I, I try to do that sometimes too. I, I haven't been very active lately in like making like videos, but, but even just like making like some informational videos that like regular street riders can use. I think stuff like that, like reaching out is important if you want to, you know, be a popular rider and also like help keeping racing popular because there's so many riders that probably like don't even know what Motor America is. You tell them that. I mean, older guys I meet, if you say, like, oh, AMA Superbike, like, they might understand that, but they don't even really know what Moto America is, so we need to just be smart about, yeah, social media and, like, getting out there. Um, yeah, I think Moto America could also do a better job of of, uh, of advertising. They, they could do a lot better job of, of promoting, right? And it, it, one thing I can't stand about all forms of road racing across whatever format it is, it's, it's one of my only gripes is that during about like today's World Superbike race, I don't know if anybody watched it, right? Um, it, it's like you get the front person catches the second person, whatever. It's nice, close, but I don't want to give anything away. But then you get the, the number one's like two, three seconds ahead, and then you got number two, and then like a seven tenths back to three, whatever. But the major battles going on six, seven, eight, 12, 13, 14th. Man, those guys are just slugging it out like a Moto three race, right? And dude, you don't hardly they'll, they'll go to it for a second, and then they go right back. And I understand it comes down to the getting paid and the sponsorships and, and all that, man. But it it kind of makes it boring in a way for a true fan because right, it's it can like, be. It, it's it like, seems come a on, little man. hit or miss. Yeah. You know, in, in Chris's race, I think they actually, for a good amount of time, showed that, like, third to sixth battle. Because there was, like, a big they pack. Like third, like, third to seventh, maybe? I don't yes. really remember. Um, you know, uh, during during uh, Q1. Qualifying. Yeah, during Q1, and this was amazing. Like, when I, I was, like, like I saved it. I'm gonna frame a video. I don't know how I'm gonna do that, but I'm gonna figure out how to frame a video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris got a whole lap in Q1. We yeah. we were we were we were. They got me for like, like two and a half race. minutes, and they were right. talking about me. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, Christian Maronian, always oh, in the top 20." And I'm like, "Dude, like, you know, yeah. Typically, they're not gonna care about someone who's like, you know, 20 spots away from first, right, right? or whatever it is." But I was, I was, I was Shocked. ecstatic. Yeah, I, was like, I would wow. be too. I was like, That's yeah, awesome, dude. It, so. it, but we need our sport needs to do more of that, right? Not yeah, first so. through fifth and sixth, even all classes, junior cup, mini moto, or whatever it is, right? That they need to take time and and at least go through the lineup and not just on TV where it shows the grid, right? Because half time they don't even show the, the, they'll show everybody and then that's it. You don't see nobody, you don't hear from you know tenth back basically at all. You know, it's just a, a quick little hit or miss video. Um, but to me, that that's where all the great racing is, man, and and that's why I love Junior Cup so much too, man. It's like I, I, I'm not saying everybody else don't do it, but man, those kids, dude, they put their whole hearts and everything into it. You see it, and you're just like, yes, you know, it's it's uh the same thing, Chris. You, I, you do the same thing, Andrew. You do too, right? But but uh, something special about being a kid, being there and, and racing, right? Imagine, well, Chris, you you I being mean, 12, 14 years old doing that, right? It's it's, uh, you got no fear, right? Yeah, like, it's mega facts. It's, yeah. it's uh, when I yeah when I was sixteen, it's like I'd fall like off like a cliff and like not I break too. bones. Like you know? you're like invincible when you're that young. Um, we had some good comments. Serious question: better money, better spent in club. We're trying to make a cutoff in Motor America. You know, I would say 
Well, first off, I think that's like two questions in one, really, because part of that hinges on, like, can you make the cutoff? And I think that, like, if you if you don't know that you have a good chance of making the cutoff, then it's kind of a waste of time to show up. But, you know, if you're just on the cusp, you might just need to, like, put yourself out there and do it, right? Like, sink or swim, so to speak. Um, But if you know that you can comfortably make the cutoff, then, yeah, I would 100% recommend doing Moto America because um, a lot of the fixed costs of racing are already there, club or Moto America. Moto America, you have to pay a little bit more because, um, well, three main reasons, I think. One, you got to pay for, like, the crew and all those entries. That adds up. Especially if you have to, like, I mean, if you had to get hotel rooms in Lagunas at Seca or in Monterey, which luckily we didn't have to this time, like like Chris said, some of those rooms are like 180 200 a night. So it's like, if you've got to get three hotel rooms at 200 bucks a night, that's a big like, expense. oh my, right, that's yeah. a lot. Plus, like, whatever your gas is, you have to run the VP, ra- uh, the VP racing fuels, uh, was it MGP gas? which is not by cheap. the way also gone up in price right? yeah not cheap I thought, right i i thought it was like 10 or 12 bucks a gallon but now it's i think at like 14 15 something like that chris chris just bought a bunch yeah um, i just spent a lot of money it was something right like that. so so they so the gas yeah the gas got more expensive um club racing you can run pump gas which out here in california is still, still like five bucks a gallon but uh um so other than like the gas and the crew and then the tires like you got to get tires either way um one thing though is like i I was surprised the tires actually cost more than i thought they would be they have like a pre-negotiated discount with dunlop but the i'll just being very vague i'll say that the discount paid through dunlop and motor america the tires still cost significantly more than what my personal discount price is that i pay as a club racer with another brand well Pirelli. <laughs> um, you can say it Pirelli. yeah yeah i keep thinking yeah, yeah. i'm still in like motor america mode no, and, and it's like they they don't want you to say the curse the cursed uh forbidden name at motor right. america um <laughs> that's funny uh, uh yeah they're very protective about i know they are i, I um, know they are so um so that was one thing different but i mean other than that it's like you got to be there physically you got to be there your bike's got to be there so all those you like you need tire warmers you need stands you need electronics like you need people to help people to help you so like a lot of those costs are really all still the same so and in some ways it could even be cheaper because um like for instance racing laguna seca i think it was probably hundreds and hundreds of dollars cheaper total entry fee for the round for as a motor america rider while it was like more than 750 i think at cra that year we did it so it's almost more of a toss-up in price like i i would say if you're on a shoestring budget it might only cost you like a grand or like two grand more than like a club round which you know it's still a lot of money but it's not like that it's not as much more as like some people might think it is depending on how you do it and definitely the experience is a lot better. Like I used to think club racing was fun, but then like once we had so much fun last year uh, in junior cup, that was like a whole new level. And I mean, like one crazy thing was when uh, one of my cousins, a pretty distant cousin that lives on the East coast, he texted me and I, I mean, I like never talked to them. I probably hadn't heard from him in years. And he texted me and he said, 
like someone at work uh recognized my name they said like do you know andrew gower and i was i was like really shocked by that he said oh yeah i just saw him like racing on tv and i was like like wow that was kind of like a like a starstruck moment that like just some random dude saw our race like rebroadcast on tv or something and uh reached out to my cousin distant cousin so that that was kind of crazy um we have a couple questions yeah um brandon i don't want to miss brandon's which track's your favorite and why for both Maybe guys, america yeah. should do a feature on young writers look up to the track that yeah, yeah, um, what, yeah. yeah. i agree yeah. with that steve 100 percent. i mean it would be nice I, I know that they have only so much time they can talk about but it is true moto america in my opinion really only shows like a few of the top guys and like everyone else doesn't really get any attention nope. um but it's like that uh, across all all formats of racing for for the most part right look isle of man tt for example you right. know you know young kids and guys well you know and women that go there and race every year and put so many so thousands of pounds right because they're pounds thousands of pounds into it right that has no tv coverage not one mention no nothing it's always the same Peter Hickman, Hickman, you know, Dunlop, Michael Dunlop, you got, you know, yada, 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 uh, Dean Harrison, J uh, right. John McGinnis, you know. Yeah, and, and, uh, but every sport's like that. Like, there's, exactly. some, there's exactly. you know, there's some, like, NFL defensive end that no one hears about, but the guy still makes a million dollars a year. <laughs> right. um, let's see. So, for to answer Brandon's question, um, my favorite track I think I've ever ridden, it's, like, really hard to toss it up. Like both Barber Laguna are in my mind, but I would say Sonoma Raceway. I feel Sonoma is one of the most technically challenging tracks that there is in the U.S. Um, while while being very fun, it's both like you both need the horsepower and you need like you know the quote riders track. So it's just like just a big mix of everything. You have a lot of elevation change. You have the carousel turn, which is very famous. It's almost like how the corkscrew has a big elevation change, but it's much longer. Um, it's just, it's got like everything in it. It's got that like really, that last corner, that really like tight, almost like U-turn you have to make coming on the long straight where you see the fast guys are almost like just backing it in a little to get the bike to turn. Um, I mean, it doesn't, it's, it's hard to top that. Sadly right now, it really needs a repay, but I was able to ride it while the track was in a better shape um but if it wasn't sonoma i guess i take it back because sonoma's current condition i can't say it's a favorite but probably barber barber is just amazing facility wise and just the track and everything barber's crazy chris um, yeah chris uh i do like sonoma a lot as well i've only ridden there a few times back when i was first getting into track days i wish i could revisit it now with my increased skill set to really see like how it is uh, for me in terms of, uh, you know, I, I'm sure when I go see Coda, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, Coda is the best thing since sliced bread. Right. Like, I mean, I'm sure just look at it on Google Maps. Right. right? right. But, it, yeah. but you know what, though? I don't like the track layout of Coda. Like I've played it a lot on the video game and it's supposed to be super it's accurate hard. or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm not really like a super mega big fan of it. I mean, maybe if I go ride it, I'll say otherwise. But I love the layout of Laguna. I think Laguna's layout is awesome. Like, yeah, yeah, it's an older facility. Had to go take a shower, like, on some campground somewhere, right? It's not like a pro place. Like, well, it is a pro place, but not pro by, like, right. 2023 standards. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. They're but trying I, to. 
Yeah, they, they, they are trying, and I love going there. I love the area it's in, Monterey and the mountains. Oh, it's oh my beautiful. God. Yeah, it's beautiful. very ritzy. So I loved it. Yeah. It's ritzy. It's very ritzy. I got to say, course. though, for me personally, because for me, the layouts of tracks are very important. Like, again, Chuckwalla, uh, I am, like, afraid of leaning the motorcycle. So for me, like, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, that's, like, kind of a joke, but at the same time, it's not. Like, for me, Chuckwalla is, like, not super technical. It's a lot of, like, it's a lot of like very like big swervy turns and that's not to say that like someone who rides there is lower skill level or whatever i mean certainly not but for me it's just not as fun i really like button willow 13 clockwise i'm a mega fan of button willow even though it's just nice. more of like a amateur level track i love the layout it's so technical uh but there's also the big swoopers you kind of get a little <laughs> bit of both but for me laguna number one right now is laguna for me oh yeah yeah, so uh, my favorite track, uh, and I, I've only ridden, uh, well, I raced at uh, Firebird International Raceway when I was at Phoenix going to MMI because I'm an MMI graduate. Um, I've been in the motorcycle industry since, shit, I can't even remember, a long time. Um, and VIR, th those are the only two tracks I've ever I've read because I go down to VR and do track days. Man, I really like VIR. It's, it's a great track. Um, I hated that they took it off the calendar this year um in, in moto oh, america that's true. yeah, yeah and, and i'm hoping that they're, they're, they're going to put it back on next year um i'm not sure what the actual issue was whether it was a calendar issue or money i i really don't know um and, and james you know i mean uh christian hit on that earlier um you know it's it's it takes a lot of money to rent a track out right and if a car series is going to bring hey a hundred thousand plus more dollar whatever it is right of course they're going to they're going to take that over over the smaller event um every time so yeah i hope to see vr back, back on um so listen do you guys watch any form of motorcycle racing moto gp world superbike bsb pt any of that i uh, never heard of it <laughs> <laughs> um you know i did watch the world superbike highlights yesterday um you know for better for worse lately i've been just watching a lot of highlights of the races um it's hard like, I just feel like I have so much going on, aka video games. Um, so, so much going on where it's hard to, like, or maybe we just all have, like, dumb ADHD brains now from, like, watching 10-second TikToks all day. Right. Um, but it's hard to, like, sit down and watch, like, an F1 race. Like, yeah. we did what I remember as at Chris's house, we watched the full Monaco race, and, like, that was pretty exciting. That was cool. But, but it's hard to always get those, like, really exciting, good races i'm not gonna lie i've like literally fallen asleep watching some like super bike or like moto gp races where it's like okay everyone's three second gap apart and the there's been no lead change in 20 laps yeah. it's it's just that's not exciting but uh bsb i've really never watched apparently you can Did get you it on facebook yeah, yeah apparently that's great out. racing world Superbike's been pretty good um sometimes i like to watch moto 3 because that's like really close exciting racing moto gp has been getting better again but it's also become the ducati cup uh f1's been really exciting uh i've even watched some like pretty good nascar highlights um which is of course the crashes are always just spectacular in nascar yeah um, so it's always fun to see like 20 cars flying through there <laughs> yeah yeah you know i've um, never been a big fan of nascar man it's something i've never really got into man formula one's okay i watch it every once in a while it's just boring man let's just be honest you know F1's what's funny boring. is um what's yeah i mean i get i get it the is. whole f one's boring thing um it's funny i i i kind of like started not liking nascar at all um 
after liking it as a kid. But then what's funny is getting back into like a dirt track, like flat track AFT racing and stuff. And then seeing NASCAR and especially when NASCAR did the the dirt race in LA, kind of like a flat track race. It kind of, I don't know, something about realizing that like, it was kind of like a nostalgic American racing thing for me where right. I realized that's like, kind of like, that is like American racing is like oval um track racing whether we want to like admit it or not that is like an american sport um so that, that kind of got me a little bit a little bit more back into it but but yeah if you don't like really follow the drivers and their long races you know they're trying to do like the whole stage racing thing to keep it closer and more exciting like i i feel everyone's trying to make racing a little bit more exciting just doing whatever they can or like a world superbike added in the super pole race sometime you know so they have the three races to watch MotoGP is trying to do the the short sprint race too and those yeah. have, i think those have been exciting just the guys going going on balls out for like 15 laps or whatever it is facts so I, I, yeah. I, i'm gonna ask but both y'all this uh it if you could pick any um rider to be a teammate and ride alongside who would it be? Well, whatever uh, class it is, Moto Chris America. In. Uh, Andrew Gower would be uh, my uh, top, yeah. top, top, top choice. Who would yeah. I ride? Yeah, uh, like wait. Moto GP World Superbike, whatever, right? Masa Yamaha, whoever it is. Who, who would be your, your number one? I, I guess your fanboy uh, uh, rider you would want to uh, uh, to to ride with. Well, yep. um, you know that's hard because they're all too fast. <laughs> <laughs> to ride with um, just pretend you're yeah. you're just as fast as they are who would it be mark marquez oh, yeah. valentino rossi kevin schwantz i mean anybody eddie lawson barry sheen oh oh we can go to pass yeah guy martin who, oh. who, who would yeah oh you know eddie lawson steady eddie lawson uh he's him and Wayne Rainey are pretty close tied to number one, but I really look look up to him as a as a writer. Um he's just always like such a cool head. I mean they call him Steady Eddie because he very rarely crashed. And uh I remember seeing an interview pretty recently where he talked about not worrying about the competition, you know, everyone else is gonna do what they're gonna do, so just ignore them and just focus on yourself. Um so as far as like how he rides, his like whole mindset to riding. I think he'd be he'd be super cool to like hang out with and ride with, especially you know if he was our age. Obviously, he's pretty old now, so it, it's not the same. But yeah, there, so Eddie Lawson, Chris, I I agree with the commenter who just posted Barry Sheen, because they're all god tier riders. I have I probably would have very little in common with a lot of them, but Barry Sheen, known for his Playboy lifestyle, that's it. Oh, yeah, that's man. We just go chase well, that, girls all day, just have well, that, fun. That's why Chris rides with me, because right, uh, exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's the current arrangement. That's um, all. I mean, I mean, we definitely have a little bit of extra fun doing those Mexican races, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's funny. So uh, the question from Hank Miller: Rank the classes in Moto America from the best to the least uh, excitable. Uh, twins number one, junior cup number two. Uh, I don't know, maybe yeah. superbike somewhere down there. Um, you know, <laughs> this year it's been a little bit closer in like being exciting. Um, superbike was getting so boring for a while. I'm sorry to say that, but 
I mean, at one point it was like get gone. It was just like twenty five second gap, like every race. It was just wasn't exciting to watch. Yeah. Now that Cameron Bobby's back on another bike, and we have a couple other fast riders in Superbike. Superbike's been pretty pretty exciting. Um, twins? I don't know. Yeah, twin. That's really tough. I I would my default to say would be Junior Cup as far as just like the most because it's like. It's like Moto Three. The bikes are so similar. It's a lot more about the riders, so people are closer in pace. So probably just Junior Cup. But Twins is, Twins is getting very competitive it now is. that you have Rocco Landers and uh, is Ben Vladi. Is Ben Vladi in yep. Twins Go- or is he? Gus um, Rodeo. Yeah, Gus Rodeo. Gus Rodeo. Is there. Yeah. Um, shout out to uh, Hayden Schultz, my uh, fellow uh, buddy out there. He's also shout out uh, Ben Ben Killing in Twins Cup. I like the He's junior cup. That's rider. my favorite in Moto America is yeah. the junior cup for sure. Hands down. Um, and then the twins cup class. Um, Cause there are a lot, uh, uh, you guys are a lot of like, like the junior cup, man. You guys show up and put in your all, you, you know, and, you know, and, go ahead. You, um, hold on. Where's my, uh, flame suit. I need to put on my flame suit. But, yeah. Put it on. Go but, put it on Andrew. But, uh, but I need a flame suit. Um, because I'm gonna say, at least this last round, the bagger races were pretty amazing. Exciting. Yes, uh, absolutely. Oh my god! So Tyler O'Hara, I kind of have to root for him. He's he's a local guy. He's from here in the North Bay, California, and uh, he's also came up through AFM. He's just so good, right? He's great. He, I think he was AFM number one plate. Tyler O'Hara is a, a beast, and like he's like backing in the corkscrew and just that that uh first race saturday they were him and um is it uh one of the linemen travis not travis not kyle uh, kyle wyman yeah not travis um but him and kyle wyman were just like dicing it up the whole race and then that last lap last corner double crash into the gravel because they were just they were just trying so, so hard. hard. You could yes. you could see he had the whole bike out of shape, and I was I was thinking, wow, he's probably not going to make the corner. And then yeah, then he both sides, and then um, and then Kyle like crashing right behind him, kind of yeah. like fixating maybe, probably because um, yeah. they were just trying so hard to to get that that win. That was, I don't I mean whatever. Stay baggers are gay and they suck and everything, but that was just. I mean, it doesn't really get closer than crashing into each other on the last corner. Like, nah, facts, man. It's yeah. uh, and the super hooligan class is really fun to watch too. Um, you know, we watched their the B main. The B main was awesome, right? Yeah, even though, but... even though, and you know, people are always gonna shit talk, right? But like, even though the guys in the B class are really not that fast, like, dude, we had a blast watching it. We yeah. were in the pits, like, <laughs> oh my god, and it's so like, exciting, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, like, on the last lap, like, one guy, like, couldn't shift. His, like, transmission was breaking. And then the other guy was, like, passing him on the straight. That yeah, was, they it was were, a great race. They were going crazy. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's funny. Like, they may not be the fastest riders or the fastest bikes, but it was still exciting to watch. Um, um, you know, as far as, and then he said, most to least. Yep. Uh, to be honest, I'm going to put my own class, Super Sport, at least for this last round. I'm going to put that as the least watchable. I, I tried watching even the highlights. were They were okay. I mean, there was some drama. Like, like Josh Hayes basically lost the race because pits, his pit yeah. stop was like three times longer than normal because they couldn't get the front the front wheel to go back in. But um, other than that, I 
I heard someone make a comment that it was like it looks like a track day out there. I don't know if that's fair to say, but but with that extended race and like the difference between the privateers and like the top guys, it it just like didn't really make for a very exciting race because we just ended up with these huge gaps and you know like the smaller teams like us trying to do the pit stops or like fighting for their life like well you know the top teams like flew in like nascar guys or something I don't right know, like, formula one doo, the, doo, gone right, see ya right right yeah they had the f1 the f1 pit stop team right. all the guys are like trying to put the spacers back in the wheel and get the get the tire on. i need the grease to hold the um, spacer and where is it at yeah <laughs> Right, right, right. I need to run right. the grease at. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So that, that, <laughs> Chris that, 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 like, I've been there for sure. Me too, right? Uh, yeah. Well, Chris has replaced my rear wheel before, so th- you're closer to reality than you. Than oh, yeah. <laughs> I love changing wheels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so as far as extended format, yeah, I, I didn't think it was very watchable. Um, I mean, maybe some people liked it. The concept of the endurance race sounded cool to me. But seeing like the brutality of it, it was <laughs> was tough, and is it made tough on the riders too. So um, it, 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 I, I don't know. So. And and that's just added pressure, you know, to to uh, the non professionals, especially doing that that extended race, because um, it added a different element. Well, one thing I also would like like to see back in Moto America, man, is different tires, man. Pirelli versus Dunlop, man. We, we need tire wars, man. Bridgestone, let's let's. It's uh, I understand yeah. Moto America has a contract with Dunlop and you know all that good stuff, but uh, I mean, look at Moto three in 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 Moto two in in Moto GP now they're going to Pirelli's in Moto three and Moto two, so they're doing away from the the Dunlops. Right, but they're also spec classes, and I think uh, I I just don't see the spec the spec tire sort of thing going away because. The organizations and the promoters they they make too much money off those contracts. I assume they do. No, um, probably. And and just I don't know. It's sad to say that's that's just kind of how business has gone in the U.S. and most of the world. Um, it is. You know, whatever. Just it's all about it's all about the shareholder <laughs> at the end of the day. So it's so making I'm, more profit. I'm gonna ask y'all to this question too, man. Uh, who do you think is the most undergraded rider in Moto America? The most underrated rider? Yep, um, in Moto America. I think Hayden Schultz. Hayden Schultz. He's Absolutely. super crazy fast. Um, he puts on, as far as I know, pretty much a privateer effort, but he's still doing the full season. He's podiumed many times in twins. I think he's won, I'm pretty sure, but uh, he's for sure podiumed many times. Um, he's a super nice, genuine guy. Um, I mean, shout out to him. Like he, he's tried to run some small businesses. He made some of those, uh, visor tags for my, for my helmet. Um, but I feel, yeah, I just, I don't think he gets a lot of like attention or, or press time or media or whatever has. So I, I don't know. He's just like, he's so good. But so I, I yeah, I think he's a little underrated maybe. What about in uh I, I mean you said previously you only keep up with Moto Two or Moto Three or World Superbike or any of that, but uh who who do you think the most underrated rider in, in Moto GP is right now? I'm just gonna <laughs> I don't know, almost just for the just for the controversy, I'm gonna take Mark Marquez because uh 
it does seem like he's trying so hard on that bike to uh, make it. I, uh, my girlfriend's getting tired of us doing a two-hour podcast. Um, but, oh, I can't see your uh, camera anymore. Where did Chris go? Yeah, where did Chris? Did we lose Chris? Well, I momentarily stepped away to get a uh, beverage. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Happy to still have you. Uh, we're going to talk about Medicare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did we lose Chris? Where did he go? I think we lost Chris. Wait. Wow. <laughs> uh, it's our show now. Yeah, it's our show. Who's this guy? David Stoneham. Um, let's wow. see. So an old fat guy is saying, has he suddenly started qualifying? Mm. Uh, well, I don't see David on TV, so. Well, owned. Owned. <laughs> uh, Mesa. David, Mesa. try again next time. You know, Mesa. Yeah, that's true. Stefano. Um, yeah, Stefano, I, I guess you could say he's kind of like up there with Hayden Schultz and being underrated. But, I mean, I think people are starting to see more how good he is. Oh, Chris is back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry, I had to, uh, yeah, I had, I, had to, I had to go to the bathroom real quick. I was getting ready to oh, okay. go on myself. Um, um yeah, so we were uh, we were uh, continuing the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's okay. Um, oh, and you missed our heckler. Um, I don't know. The guy's got the weirdest hat in his profile photo. Um, oh, this guy right here. Yeah, David Stone. Stoneham. Why is Gary even on this show? He has suddenly started qualifying. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, he qualifies. Yeah. I don't know. He's just one of those like uh, goldfish brain people, I think. I mean, you know, you, you, <laughs> man, it's just like anything, right? You you always have your haters and 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 people like that. Which, hey, man, it just uh, you're you're doing what you're doing, and and uh, yeah, maybe they wish they could be as fast as you are. Right. Um, you know. Yeah, we so. love that. Uh, we love that. Uh, that Christian Horner quote from F one. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I um, like Christian Hornier, man. I, he uh and that's my favorite team in F1 is the Red Bull team for sure. Yeah, he says the higher you rise, the sharper the knives. He said that that's on it. the um uh, on the TV show and yep. um yeah, I thought about it. It is true. Yeah, because fact, um I remember true. being like a novice racer, even like my first expert year. It's like everything's happy go lucky. But once he started like getting you know, closer to the front and expert races and like, you know, this is my third year in Moto America. All the crazy people like come out of the woodwork like all over you. Like people you don't even know who they are, what their problem is, and you know, one thing right. you said five years ago upset them or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But I think has. people are nicer when you're close or reasonably similar in terms of your competence. So like for example, someone who let's say used to be faster than you right might like shit talk you like oh haha ha. oh yeah well i'm so fast yeah, I, yeah. uh you know x y or z it's like okay and then and then you know it's normal right i mean there's going to be a plateau in skill level that's how all humans are it's like beginner gains ask jules right yeah. you go to the gym you work out your first year you get huge but then year two through ten is like marginally better yeah. so then next thing you know you're as fast as that person then boom they're nice to you like i've noticed that too i go yeah. on facebook and like 
people who like I've never talked to before are like, oh wow, great job, Chris. Thank you. And it's like, you know, I'm happy. Right, right, I'm right, happy right, to right. I mean, thank you for the compliment to everyone, right? Like, thank right. you. I'm so proud of myself and I'm proud of those who helped me. But like, wait, where were you before I did that? Right? Like right. and then once you start going even higher, then they'll shit talk you even more. So it's like they momentarily don't shit talk you. And then it's like, oh Mark Marquez, he only has eight world championships. Oh, he's so garbage. He should just stop riding yeah, motorcycles. Right? Like, wow, yeah, he's garbage. Yeah, okay. he's straight garbage. He's, okay. Yeah, he's right. A, must be a bad rider. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. No, you see those comments. Yeah, you see guys, no one's safe from that, any sport, but especially like I'm in like this motocross, supercross Facebook group. And yeah, you guys see like talking or, um, you know, who's a good example? Um, uh, Kenny from uh, Supercross, Ken Roxon. Man, people are like shit talking to him. Oh, he keeps crashing. He hurt himself. He's done. He's never going to race again. And then he came back this season to win a Supercross race. Like, that was crazy. Was but, yeah, there's yeah. always there's always there's always the naysayers and you know, people they just they're just not happy with themselves, so they gotta and go after you. So, that's all it but, is. But that's fine. And uh, you know, what I've learned or at least my experience is I've tried to like turn that around to get better numbers, get better sponsorships, you know, use their like negative attention to do yeah. better. Um That's right. Yeah. Um you, you had a quite you had a question about getting sponsors that we yeah. didn't talk about too much but um a lot of it's just like pounding pavement and like you know knocking on doors and stuff but because of me doing super sport this weekend even though in like a weird turn of events even though it kind of was like felt like a crappy weekend you know not being able to do the endurance race um a french company uh actually reached out to me on my instagram and uh, wanted to like work with me and, and and do some sort of a deal that I pretty much finalized with them. Um, so I should in the next few weeks have a, a new suit. And uh, I was gonna I was gonna mention them in this podcast, but they haven't like really finished their American website, um, and then all the English hasn't been translated and everything. So they didn't wanna they didn't wanna have like an American launch um, and not look professional. So we're gonna wait a few weeks before I mention them. Well, good. I'm super excited to hear who it is. Yeah, yeah. So, but so just, just uh, you know, just by luck, sometimes you know, you, you get the good with the bad. So now I've got this, you know, crazy like it's crazy that some like international or like European company is just gonna reach out to me because they saw me do the, the pro event. That's that was wild. So no more anthem. You know. <laughs> 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 uh, right so yeah i'm i guess we'll just talk about it now that you brought it up because both chris and i've been i've been running in the anthem gear for at least two seasons i think maybe even two and a half chris has been using them for like at least the last year and we haven't like had any complaints really with like the quality of the gear i really like my suit i think it looks cool it's protective chris crashed as it is and Chris probably damaged the pavement more than any damage so, that uh, he received. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's probably like a dip in the track where he hit the there's ground. There's an extra dip. There's two dips now. <laughs> um, so like the gear's been good, but um, uh, just without like being too specific, I, I think that the owner is having a lot of um, issues in his personal life and um, 
I, I'm not really sure uh, what's going on with the business um, right now. So I just, you know, I don't want to speculate on the internet on this like recorded prod- podcast. Um, but it just, uh, I guess, as a decision for me as the racer moving forward, um, I was excited to just have another opportunity and and uh, just keep moving forward, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I've heard a lot of great things about Anthem. I've never personally owned an Anthem suit. So, um, I, yeah, I can't really comment on that. Um, but I've heard a lot of great things about them. Um, you know, you, you don't want to get new and exciting stuff, whether it's a new helmet sponsor, you know, Arata, HJC, or whatever it is, right? It's it's uh, it, it's exciting to have somebody reach out to you and say, hey, try out our helmet, you know, do this, wear this. We'll, we'll give you whatever it is or discount. We'll just give you the helmets, you know, just go on social media and talk about it, wear it, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, it's always exciting. Boots, gloves, same way, right? Um, so did you guys use Alpine Star boots and um, Alpine Star gloves and just Anthem the suit, right? For me, I, I really... used Anthem gloves, but I have uh, – what brand is it? CD? I don't know. Off FC Moto, I like it. It's very yeah. Um, yeah. Fun Anthem fitting. doesn't do boots. Um, no sponsorship. I've just been using Alpine Stars uh, boots and gloves for a little while. Um, but uh, this this new French company does make gloves, so I'm sure I'll end up using a set of theirs. And I, I think they even have like some of the Stingray inserts and stuff, nice. which is pretty pretty interesting how strong that material is. So. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens over the next uh, couple next weeks. Or so. Yeah, yeah, I'm um, excited to hear who it is for sure. So uh, yeah. Hank Miller has a question for Christian uh, Grand Piano. Do you play? Hank, thank you very much for your uh, observant uh, analysis of my background. However, uh, that is just oh wait, it's this direction. Hold on, where am I? Yeah. That is just a uh, it's just a virtual background. I'm actually just in a pretty small office, so. Uh, no, I do not play. That's awesome. I was wondering the same thing. I was like, man, I wonder. I wonder if that's a virtual back because I, dude, I if this was my house, too. yeah, no, f- I, dude, I, I wouldn't be here. Like, oh yeah, racing's expensive. I'd be like, oh, uh, my ten B bikes. Yeah, garage. right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'd, yeah we'd no, be, no, no, no way, we'd, bro. We'd be, we'd be, <laughs> yeah, we'd be doing full season uh, on the semi truck for Facts, sure. Right? Um, yeah. If Brandon Turner is still in the chat, I don't. I, I he's been in here for a while, but he might have yes. left. I I can't see. I was gonna say. Um, he was talking about like him getting hope to like go faster. faster and I'm thinking, right. I'm thinking, I just need a day or two working with Brandon, with his experience. I'm sure we can get him to like the top of the A group in like one or two days. It's amazing how much some like some like coaching or personal instruction can really help you. Um, I mean, there's there's one guy that I was working with one on one that like barely knew how to ride, and I took him from not being able to ride to do an A group on a 650 twin nice. just under one year. So for someone like Brandon, I mean, a couple, you know, a day or two to like just get all the fundamentals correct. I'm sure he's going to be probably right faster than me. Yeah. He's going to be faster than me in like two days. <laughs> right. Um, it, that's yeah. So, so listen, fellas, man, what an honor, dude. We, we've been going at this for over two hours now. Uh, it's uh, and it, it yeah. do, don't even seem like it, right? It, it only seems like an hour. So, uh, man, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cut it. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna get off here, here shortly. Um, 
And uh, first thing I want to say is, is again, man, big thank you for for both you guys, Christian and Andrew, for coming on. It, it's it's such an honor to have both you on here. And again, I said it earlier to to you know actually be your guys's friend and be be able to do this, man. And I look forward to doing it again. I'll definitely have both you guys on absolutely again. Um, yeah. So why don't you tell everybody uh, how they can reach you and find you and and your social media and and, and all that good stuff. Uh, for me, I'm primarily on Facebook. I do have a racing page, Christian Maronian number 959, um, which I will I actually need to update and start getting more active on that. You can primarily reach out to me through Facebook. Uh, my Instagram right now is private. Uh, I will probably make a separate one for racing. Nice. And Andrew, how can everybody get in touch with you if they want some coaching? Brandon, if you're still on here, I hope you're listening. Um, for Brandon, definitely it would be on the house for sure. Um that that guy is just uh he's he's really um i feel like puts in a lot of effort in like organizing a lot of a uh, track and uh, motorcycle stuff in the texas region but um all my socials i keep it pretty simple it's just my name and my number usually it's andrew gower or uh, andrew gower 25 so on like facebook i have my page instagram's the same tiktok's the same andrew gower 25 um LinkedIn, we're on there too, but yeah, so there's lots of ways you can find us. Yeah, I could actually uh, upload this to LinkedIn, so like I could actually add LinkedIn <laughs> on here, and it can go live on LinkedIn too, right? Which would be crazy. I don't, I don't know how that would work, but I, I might try it uh, next podcast to see how it works, man. That'd, that'd be crazy, right? So yeah, listen yeah. again, guys, dude, what an honor to have you on. Uh, great time, great chat. Uh, love hearing about, you know, how you guys got into motorcycle racing or where you are today and in your future. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to, I'm a huge fan, obviously, I, as you already know. So oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll set this up again. Um, yeah, let's, let's do Thanks, it again. No, dude, you're very welcome, Chris. Thank you. Let's, uh, at the end of the season, um, when you guys are done, let's go back and do a recap of, of both your seasons together again. Oh, um, yeah. On the podcast. That's been awesome. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. This has been, been a good one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an honor, man. It really is my honor. And I just want to say uh, congratulations to my uh, my fellow Australian mates, uh, Boris, Tugs, and Fredo, for their 100th uh, podcast on MotoPG. I don't know if you guys ever listen to them or follow them, but they are they are simply amazing. Um, they're super funny. And, uh, yeah, I just want to say congratulate to them. And, again, everybody that's watching and, and that listen, thank you so much for all your love and support, the likes, the shares, the, the comments. Um, it, it, it means everything. It really does. Um, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for me and Jules, everybody from here at Pin the Gas. It's a, it, it, it's an honor to, to be able to do this and and have these two fast gentlemen on the podcast. And yeah, I can't wait to do it again. So yeah, I appreciate it. We're gonna go ahead and cut it. Thank you guys so much. I can't wait for the next one. So we'll we have another podcast this Tuesday coming up. Um, with Cameron Myers and, and Jamie Hampel. So it'll be live at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So, yeah, everybody, uh, please tune in and join in, uh, another mega podcast. So thanks, guys. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Thanks. You're very Bye. welcome. I'll see you.